I have an important question. Yes. What colour do I paint this Harlequin's shoes, bearing in mind that his trousers have already been painted green and purple stripes? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Orange. Anything but a one. Welcome to Anything But One Podcast, everyone. Episode 55. And I'm going to make a reference here, which only people who are a little bit older and were around when the internet started and spent all their time on e-bombs world will understand. Because I'm going to go, Schwifty Fev. Doing a haif. Do you guys know what I'm saying? No. You don't know Schwifty Five, And I'm pretty sure you're younger than me. Doing a haif? No, you're, you, are, you are considered to be younger than me, but also probably a lot more IT geeky. So Well, that's I'm, it. I spent a lot of time on the internet when, it, when I was young. <laughs> Nowadays, right. kids have things like Minecraft and Fortnite. And when I was a kid, it was, it was, um, what was it? Eric conveys an emotion, and E-bombs world, and Newgrounds, and all that sort of stuff. You know. Anyway, episode fifty-five, and we've got no bloody teams to talk about. We've got nothing to do, so we're just yeah. going to sit in silence for two hours. Enjoy, folks. Oh, come on, Dad. I'm sure we could find something to talk about. Mm. I am Twelfthman, and I'm always here because I'm the one who pays the bills to power this little shitty Victorian lamp that we've got going, which I'm sure is going to kill me if I touch it, so we're leaving it well alone. Who else is here? Yeah, Matt Nightwing here, as almost always. And that's God because Gizmo has not yet arrived. (laughs) Which sounds like code, doesn't it? It sounds like you could be a spy. Does <laughs> Gizmo has not yet arrived? The the eagle has not. The goblin yet has left the den. <laughs> we um two two thirds of us. It may sound a little nasally, by the way, because we are currently fighting through, battling through a severe bout of man flu. I think we're three for three in that case. Are you as well? Are you only a little? Only a little. I've currently got the whole the the classic, um, what do you call it? Tissue nose blockers going because I'm fed up of blowing my nose. Yep. And I have a, a big pack of antiseptic black but current flavour lozenges within arm's reach so I am well and truly battling through this. I am I'm rocking the Olber soil. <laughs> yes! Have, has no one gone for the lemon and ginger tea? Oh I've got one of those, I've got a lemon, not a lemon sippy, a hot lemon here that my darling wife has made for me which has, Fantastic. it's very strong I think there's a lot of lemon for the water in here but it's doing me good probably <laughs> Oh! Oh, right. <laughs> so we are talking today. We've got a couple of things we're talking about. Firstly, the Welsh Open. And for the first time in a, a, probably a long time, only one of us went. So two of us have got very little to say on the matter, which is very disappointing. And but we'll talk I, about I it anyway. It's worth mentioning that it's the 10th anniversary of the Welsh Open. Yes, it is. Lots of brilliant things happened. And I wasn't even bloody there. I'm so disappointed. And yet you live there. Yeah, I know. It was poor, poor efforts. Very poor efforts. I know. <laughs> In my defence, I was working. Yeah, have you? Average? Uh, is it finally over, Alex? Are you finally not working on it anymore? <laughs> oh no, don't be silly! Okay. I was working on it before the podcast started. In fact, ah. I put my work laptop away to come over here to record the podcast. Ah. Nice. Oh, but I did have my first almost nervous breakdown though, and had to have a day off, which was a bit of fun. Here oh, we go. really? We we, we air our, our mental health problems on on here because we're not afraid to discuss things. We are men, but we still have problems. And listeners, I shall share my experience with you. So it's been it's been just mental at the moment with work. I mean, proper mental, averaging ten plus hour days physically in work, then coming home and working. And it was Thursday, I think. I woke up 
I hadn't had time to make myself dinner the day before because I normally take me lunch in and I hadn't had time to have breakfast either. So I went to drive to Asda's to buy myself breakfast and lunch for the upcoming day and actually was involved in a minor car accident on a roundabout, which was a bit of a shock to the system. Ooh. While Ooh. I was calling my insurance company to you know, report it like you're supposed to, I had some bad news about a family member as well, some pretty really bad news really. So within a space of about 20 minutes, I went from thinking I was okay, handling work, coping and all the rest of it, to just being a fucking mess. And ended up having to go home and just have the day, you know, to call in and say, look, I really can't do anything today. I need a day to myself. So I had a day of just complete and utter shit. Yeah, that's that's so, not not good, Alex. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah it's all right. It's it's one of those things that happens, and I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to keep quiet. I'm not trying to spread my problems around, but I think it's important to be able to talk about these sorts of things. It'd be no different to if you tripped and broke your leg. You know, it's just it's just one of those things that happens, and you have to you have to um you have to look after yourself, and sometimes have a bit of a break from all of it. So it is still going, and it is still, you know, taking a lot taking a lot out of me. But it's it's getting better, and it's um, it's better than that, that Thursday. That, that that is good news, yeah. That's good news. Yeah. As long as it's heading so the there. right way, that makes the difference. Absolutely. Also, it's so fucking typical because it's the first time I've ever bought a car that wasn't shit. I've oh, always bought shit, old shittier yeah. cars, and I yeah. finally got my new car, and just ah. Yeah. And the worst bit was great. the front of his car hit the middle of my. I'm not going to go into details of how it happened. Well, maybe I will, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't my fault. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. Fact, so, were, were you stationary? Uh, no, I was not. But I was on the inner lane of a roundabout, and the front of his car hit the middle of my car as I was turning right. So uh, I'm trying to think about how that could physically happen. Okay. My theory is he was in the left lane going forward, changed his mind, decided to try and turn right, and then kabumpf. Because otherwise, how can the middle of my car hit the front of his? Exactly. Curious. Yeah. Um, but the way he, the place he impacted it on was between the front and rear passenger doors. So it's like it's so awkwardly positioned uh, that it affects everything. But yeah, it's still drivable. Nobody got injured, and that is the most important thing. Agreed. So that's why I wasn't at the Welsh because I've been a little busy working. Yeah, un- understandable. It's unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. But it's okay. We're not here to talk about dreary life things. We're here to talk about fucking blood bowl. So we're going to talk about the Welsh Open. We're also we did a little Q and A on, about say on Reddit then. We didn't do it on Reddit. Nobody would care on Reddit. No, they, they, might care. Care. they might care. You <laughs> never know. We have fans. We do. And, and I'm occasionally... sure some of them use Reddit. <laughs> I know at least one does. I know Dom goes on Reddit. All right, Dom, I'll put a Q&A just for you, even though you ask questions on the Facebook one. It'll be our little secret. Um, we, we did a little Q&A just to say, you know, ask us questions. We'll answer them live on air. So we've got a few of those to go. Um, we are <clears throat> also... Actually, genuinely, literally, definitely doing a fucking episode of Bloodbusters. Woo! Woo! Um, and that's probably, <clears throat> unless I'm missing anything out, is that basically it? I think that is probably it. I mean, that's, you know, that's more than enough to amuse us for a couple of hours, mind. But Yeah, we, we yeah. were going to do something else. We had a few plans, but with what's been going on recently and that, we decided we'll um, put those to the side and we shall instead just... We'll probably do that next week because we've run out of stuff to talk about now. So you might as well stretch it out, eh? Well, I got I've got one thing which I think we could squeeze into the intro because I might forget at the outro and it seems important. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been having a chat with Phil Cairns, who is very, very far north in the cold, cold Scotland area. Uh, he's in Aberdeenshire, and he Wait, hold is on. the cold Scotland area. Do you mean Scotland? I do. Anyway, he means, he, he, he oh, means basically okay. he's beyond the wall. He is far yeah. beyond the wall. <laughs> I've been to Aberdeen actually. It's a nice place. Quite a bit of granite. Aberdeen's like 
proper north, or am I thinking Inverness? Inverness uh, is proper, proper, like if the tip. Inverness isn't it? is a really long way up. Uh, Aberdeen is a fair way up. Uh, it's up on the east coast. I mean, they're both. To be fair, they're both Scotland, so I'm pretty sure we can call them up north. It's fine. I'm yeah. from the Isle of Wight. Anything above Shropshire is like the barren northern wastelands to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're travelling on the long journey to Birmingham. Oh, <laughs> man, have not treaded Birmingham. Anyway, sorry, carry on. So uh, he's running a tournament called Granite Bowl, uh, which is going to be on the 25th and 26th of May. It'll be six games over two days, and it's a cost of 27.50 per ticket. We are also going to be sponsoring a spot prize, which I Woo-hoo! believe is going to be most failed gopherets. Yes, Way. that so seems you, logical. So if you want some of our lovely, lovely dice, and I have picked out a pink one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these fucking dice. They're Sorry, awesome. that's another thing that's been going on. They are good, but because um, I've been sending them over to people around the world, obviously, who bought them as part Oh, of the yes, yeah, yeah. And what keeps happening to me is the envelopes keep ripping, and I don't mean ripping yes, at the edges. Yeah. I, mean, I mean ripping in the middle, and then stuff falls out. So I set the table at the edges, like, I set the table to buggery, and then I'll get a message saying, I've got an envelope with nothing in it and just a rip in the middle. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, for Jesus Christ's sake. So I am sending dice at the moment, replacement dice, that are in, like, massive padded envelopes for one dice. And they better fucking get there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. carry on, please. Anyway, Aberdeenshire... Go to Granite Bowl. Aberdeenshire, Granite Bowl, two games, six days, end of May. You get a prize. Woo! I've just thought of something. His surname is Cairns, and a cairn is a sort of burial stone, isn't it? Yes. And granite is a kind of stone as well, so maybe he's naming after himself. Uh, maybe I'm on so. to you, Phil. That's an entertaining thought. I like it. <laughs> It'd be like me having roundabout bowl, because roundabout and turn are sort of mixed together. So it's a mm. subtle dig of my own name. Not dig, but... Yeah. Anyway. It'd be like you having... Um, you could have... Uh, I was about to say water bowl, because of a well, but then water bowl already exists. It does, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, uh, a bit peculiar. Or, or, or holding a tournament in the Somerset town of Wells, for example. You should have Wells Bowl in Wales, made by a man called Matt Wells. And you should all be werewolves. Okay. And, um, <laughs> no, just ignore me, actually. I'll just be in the corner, babbling away. We've worked that out already. <laughs> oh, God, what's, what's happening to me? <laughs> okay, um, fabulous. So please, go along to Granite Bowl, or Granite Bowl, if you want to pronounce it like that. Uh, does anyone want to try a really bad Scottish accent for that? Hey! There you go, that was it. Uh, nice, nice. That's your lot. I mean, that's pretty good though, eh? <laughs> Solid. Granite. It's better granite than Granite Ball. Go to Granite Ball. It's, yeah, it could be better. I mean, it's a work in progress. It could be worse. It could be worse. Hey, I'm not going to do any more because I feel like um, I don't want to alienate any any Scottish listeners who think I'm I'm um, doing their accent a disservice because it's a, it's a marvelous accent. Please carry yeah. on. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> feel free to do a Southern fairy accent to make up for it, or you know, a Welsh accent. Go for it. You know. Hey, wait a minute, Alex. Just out of interest, what's the what's the Isle of Wight accent then? Well, it used, it should be technically hello, my lover. You should properly really like this. Do you right. know um, West Country? Yeah, it's basically West Country. Yeah, but what's that? There's that. Oh, I've got a name now. She's a female poet and she's been doing poetry. Panairs. Panairs is accent. That's basically an Isle of Wight accent. It's more or less bang on that accent. Oh right, you know okay. Panairs. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm familiar. Yeah. 
But then I think my generation, it's been not been so cool to have that accent, so it's been phased out almost entirely. So we all sound like me now. So basically, southern. With Just the occasional g- g- word, generic, like, generic southern. Yeah, and very occasionally you'll hear someone say something like lamppost and just in a slightly kind of twingy way but not much it'll be like oh yeah so he's just down past that lamppost it's occasionally just a little bit of a twinge but it's mostly like me but traditionally hello my lover mally shag and grockle etc i mean that could be really bad curse words for all we know but sure <laughs> no grockle That's is your overners i mean not gro- corkhead like me grockle is kind of a curse word ah it's, it's, it could be worse it's not polite Crockett is a tourist, basically. Ooh, an outsider. Mally Shag's a uh, caterpillar. Gert Namit is a big lunch. You get well, nippers, but you get them in Norwich and that as well. I was going to say, Gert, someone from the island. Gert's Bristolian as well, you know. I well, you know. You get Gert everywhere these days. Anyway, should we move on to Blood Bowl? Probably should. Yeah, go on if we Probably must. should, shouldn't we? Let's, let's, let's move on to Blood Bowl. Let's move on. Welcome to Tournament Talk, and we're talking about the Welsh Open. And did you, did you know it's the 10th anniversary of the Welsh Open, it was, and it's also the last ever Welsh Open? The last Welsh Open, yep. Mm-hmm. Because next year it's being called, I think, the Welsh Championship. Uh, yes. Is it Wel- Welsh name. National Championship or something? It's something along those lines. I should yeah. probably know this, yeah. shouldn't I? I'll probably be involved in some way. But, um, yes, the Welsh it's, National it's Championship. It's changed, it's changed, yeah. It's changed, man. It used to be cool. It still is cool. It was. Do you cool, know what they yeah. had? A, they had a. This is a word to the wise for tos over there. It seems to be that blood bowl institutions, blood bowl tournaments, don't get a massive amount of weight when it comes to bookings. Because no. I've been to multiple big tournaments where a week or two before the venue will say, "Oh, sorry, we booked someone else here at the same time, so you can't come here anymore." Despite us having done it year on year on year for ten years in this case, or not. I know all ten weren't there, but well, word um, to the wise. Certainly, the last check five with the were. venue. Was it yeah, the last, well, last way. few have been, definitely, yeah. Word to the wise, TO tip number one, check with the venue every couple of weeks because <laughs> thankfully they're able to go to Firestorm here and Firestorm's a great space. But the, the, it's, if, you, if you're not lucky, if you don't live near somewhere like Firestorm, it can absolutely totally well, fuck you. I, I would be interested to know if anyone is in the hospitality industry, but it feels almost like they get forgotten about because I wonder if... You you book the event and then you don't do anything else for the next six months because often we book a year in advance and they just literally forget. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't. That's what Bastards, it feels all like. Because it happened to Threadball as well. That time where we uh, all we had was a small room and the yeah. field and that was it. <laughs> Which was I mean, well, it was that was last they, year. The, the venue had a yeah. wedding on the same day. They did sort it out. I mean, the fact is we had all these tents and all the rest of it, and it was a really nice, enjoyable day, but thank God the weather held, eh? <coughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would have been, been quite so good. Um, anyway, so the Welsh Open. It's got a, an unusual, but always, I think, quite interesting skill selection in, in which you don't get given skills per se, but you're given star player points, and you can assign... It depends on what tier you are, but I think it's 48, is it? 48, yeah. So it effectively yeah. works out to uh, is it eight, eight, skills? Eight, eight normal skills, but obviously if you want two skills and a player, that's 16, so that actually reduces your skills by three rather than mm. two. But you can stack, which is great, yes. and if you want to apply a double, you have to do it on the 16th skill, uh, 16th point, so you, you can only give a double to a player who's already got a single. Correct, yeah. Meaning, if you want to go for the doubles, you can, but it's going to cost you 
Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. I really wish I would have gone. I mean, I'm doing the 26 at the moment. I would have taken orcs and just gone just gone horrible orcs. Really horrible orcs. But you can also, with that, that rule set gives you some really nice options for stuff like Kemri. Yeah, it's... Some really nice Kemri on my days. It's quite a good rule set for a lot of teams, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And unfortunately, Naz and I couldn't go, so it was Matt flying the flag. It certainly was, yeah, which always ends tremendously well. Did it end tremendously well? Uh, it did end tremendously well, yeah. Yay! Well, that's um, nice. <laughs> Shall we talk about what you took? Yeah, so I took Wood Elves. Um, Boo! Which... Boo! You sound like Nazgob, Power Gamer. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry, hey, I, I was really it. excited about Matt using Wood Elves because I, I stand by the fact that they are a good and fun team. I think, I, and I emphasise fun. Easy mode. Mmm... Well, mm. <laughs> if you if, if you ever have eleven players on the pitch, yes, <laughs> it does help. Well, that does help. Um, it's not essential. I, I, no, I mean I think I had eleven players on the pitch, perhaps three turns over the whole ter- tournament, perhaps <laughs> well, the first turn of each game. <laughs> I mean, ki- kinda, yeah. I mean, but not, not even not, that because if even you're rece- if, if you're kicking, then you're always going to lose an elf off the first turn. Yeah, pretty much. It's just well, the way that's it works. True. Yeah, it's just the way it is. So yeah, very skill-wise, pretty, pretty much. Should we see what... if we can guess your roster? Go on then, see if you can guess my roster. Okay, so I'm going to guess you. Went, let me guess: four catches. No. Three hmm. catches and a tree man. Yes. Two war dancers, strip and strip ball and tackle. Of course. I'm going to go for block, block, sidestep on the catches. Entirely incorrect. Oh, I'll give up. So, I Talk think to me, I would say you had a thrower in there as well for that price. I did, yes. Yeah. What skills did they have? So the throw was the leader caddy, basically. Yeah. Um, That's what he's for, isn't it? Because you could only get one reroll. Um, so yeah, it was one reroll plus the thrower for the leader. Um, a load of linemen, three catchers, uh, war dance, as we said. So grab on the treeman, two, uh, two linemen with block. Uh, mm-hmm. Block on one of the catchers and sure hands on one of the catchers. Oh, that's interesting. That's a very good call. It's actually very close to what Hawker would use as well because it means that you've got backup blitzers. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Um, and sure hands on the catcher, it means you can do what Slan do and you see a ball in three tackle zones. You go, yeah, fuck it, I'll jump in there on a, which, on a two plus, five plus it. pickup. Yeah. It, it, it's, ba- it's basically for when your strip baller strips the ball, your sure hands guy pops in, goes, oh, I'll have that. Cheers for that, and I'm going to run away again. Yeah. Uh, classic strategy. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it was, to be honest, I hadn't gone for that. I'd piled all the skills on the catchers, but I played Dapper on a three days before in a practice game, uh, and he was like, oh, no, no, you should, you should maybe do... And I was like, actually, I would have got a lot more use at block on a couple of linemen for the, for the backup yeah. blitzers. Um so yeah, that that was good tactical advice, um, and then I had to play him in the first game. And he went, "Oh, <laughs> this looks familiar." I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I remember this. This this seems extraordinarily familiar." Yeah. Um, so what was what was he using? So he was using lizards. Um, you He's can, a damn good lizard coach. He is. Yeah, but that's not there. a favourable matchup for the lizards. That's not well. Still, <laughs> I've played yeah. Dapran as lizards, and he utterly spanked me. 
It was one of those games where I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting the absolute shit kicked out of me. He's a he's a damn fine lizard coach. Yeah, it was to to be honest. Um, the practice game was two all, but that was mostly because he was making helpful suggestions. <laughs> um, well, decent of him. Yeah, which which to be fair was great because it was like yeah I needed that and I needed that for the weekend as well to be honest. Um, yeah, so uh, he had four block sources. Uh, I think it was four block, one break, tackle, one tackle. Oh, that classic combination. Nascom knows all about that combination, doesn't it? Uh, that's not a nice way to play. <laughs> no, it was it was harsh. Um, so he had. What was it? Uh, and then I think side- all three of us have been on the receiving end of that roster now. Yeah, yeah. And all rust. three of us were using elves. Yeah, <laughs> and it hurt. Yeah, it, oh, it did. Hurt. It did hurt. It did hurt. And none of us won. I'm guessing. Uh, well, okay. So uh, I opted to kick, having won the the uh, toss. Um, basically, yeah, he he ground out um, a one nil in turn eight. I did a one turn touchdown turn eight. So it's going in half time one all. I was thinking, Ooh, perfect. I'm, I'm receiving second half. Thought this is this is good. This is not too bad. Um, second half, I made a slight tactical error. Of okay, I was well. I was un- under a little bit. I love that phrase because it could be anything. It, well, could. To be fair, it could be one be fair, square too far over, or it could be I just ran him up with no support. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it was it was. I was under a reasonable amount of pressure, but I was like. Oh, there's a gap there, and that's just a three-up dodge with my catches. I can run all my catches through there. That'll be fine. Um, I think I see what happened. I ran one catcher through. Fantastic. Ran the ball carrier through. He tripped over him with dodge re-roll and lost the ball. Oops. Uh, it, he picked it up, but because of it was it was basically it was very tight down one wing. So he picked the ball up with a skink, with a bit of outrageous dodging on his part. But wasn't quite able to get the skink safe, um, which meant my strip ball war dancer could basically pop in and go for a two dice on the ball carrier. Except he failed his leap, and then I used oh. and then I used team reroll, and he still failed his leap. Oof. But had he had oh, he succeeded dear. and stripped the ball, I had catches lurking, and I was within scoring range, so that would have been great. But it didn't happen, so. He caged up. Uh, I pressured for him to score on turn 14, I think. So I thought, two turns, Wood Elves, easy. You know, that's yeah. that's absolutely fine. I was down to eight or nine players. So it was going to be challenging, but doable. So set up, I was thinking, right, just charge down one side. You know, sh- should be straightforward. And then he rolled perfect defence. Yeah, which didn't help. Um, and, and although it's possible to recover from that with Wood Elves, it's not easy to recover from that with Wood Elves. No, the the way I planned to recover was to basically uh, I had a way of doing it. I just had to knock a player down, and I blocked a player three times, all with players of mine who had block, none of whom managed to knock him down. Uh, and yeah. Basically, I did try in the last turn some ridiculous chain pushing to get me four extra squares with a lineman. Nice. Which I think I think I managed to get three, but then I needed one of my catchers to dodge through two tackle zones, come around and do a two dice uphill for me to get the final push, uh, which he did not do. So I lost two one. 
Ah, oh, it's a shame. Yeah. Like I said, though, no shame against that. I mean, that's he, he's um. I've played them lizards, and it's it's not easy. <laughs> It's no, not easy. No, it was to be honest. I wasn't. I wasn't too disappointed. Um, I managed to score one turn touchdown, which was great. Uh, yeah, fair play. I've seen you almost score one turn touchdown with flipping chaos dwarves. I know how to do it with chaos dwarves. On, I genuinely found it more difficult to do with wood elves. <laughs> because <laughs> you're not used to because it. With, because with chaos dwarves, I know exactly where everyone's got to go and where the ball centaur has to be pushed to. Even though you've only got to push technically two squares with wood elves. I was like, oh shit, how do I do this again? <laughs> I had to think it through every time. Even with a fucking treatment with grab, I still had to think it through. But I was like, okay, fine. So, yeah. So that was that was game one. Not I, th- I think, too I think that's a really important point, though. If you are going to be taking Wood Elves to a tournament, or, or realistically any of the Adge teams, you need to know how to do a one-turner. Because it, yes. if, if you're looking to do well, you are going to hit that game where you need a one-turner. Yeah. It's... It's a really important part of it. So, I mean, someone like Skaven or with Wood Elves, it's actually quite straightforward. Yeah. But you need to learn. You need to know how, so you're not winging it. And and like you said, grabbing a tree makes it a lot simpler. Yeah. You also need to know how to stop a worm turner. And there is one defense that Hawker came up with. At least maybe he's the one who taught it to me. Um, and it's basically the perfect, well, the, as best as you can get, anti one turn touchdown defense. It's, well, it's it's the force your opponents to roll the maximum number of dice. Basically. Yeah. Yes, you can't stop someone doing a one turner if they if they know what they're doing, but you can make it bloody well, difficult. Now you see, in, interestingly though, um, I found with the Treeman having grab, it means you can use your blitz to knock out one of the players at the back. So rather than having to use your blitz to oh, knock I someone see. in, yeah, yeah, yeah. it effectively makes it a lot easier because you can use your blitz to push someone back and out of the way, and then you've just got to go, do one diagonal dodge and you're through. I've been playing too many orcs and Kemi recently. I, I dream of the days where one turn touchdowns are a thing I can even countenance. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. It's very tough with orcs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's when you pick the ball up. Whatever game I play, at some point the ball gets kicked and lands pretty much on my line of scrimmage, and I think, oh, that's not so bad. I've got my throw back there, and then I go, right. How many turns will it take me to get to the end zone? Lots. Lots. Like, Six lots. turns to get to the flipping end of the pitch. Jesus. Yeah. Off we go then. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> So your first game went averagely to bad. What about the second game? So second game was against... Um, I can't remember his NAF name, but he's one of the new Welsh guys. Uh, I can't remember his first name either, but he's, he's BJ Hussain on the app. Uh, on the WhatsApp Oh, yes, yes, yes. Got. So he, he's one of the new players. So he had uh, an Orc team, which is, in theory, not too bad for Wood Elves. Because you should be able to outscore them. Um, yeah, it was effectively. I had to score in turn three, so I opted to receive. Uh, sorry, I opted to kick. Managed to turn the ball over by just basically running everyone down because the ball went very deep. Luckily, basically raced yeah. raced his his thrower to the ball. And you didn't have kick, did you? Nope. Hmm. So that I love kick on elves. I, uh, kick on elves is great. It is. To be honest, because I was expecting an elf-heavy tournament, I didn't think it'd be worthwhile. And based on, I played two elf teams in the second day, so yeah, yeah, it was. I figured it was as a trade-off. It was probably worthwhile keeping it off. So I had to score on turn three, but I turned them over. I thought, great, score turn three. Sadly, the the tree basically um, knocked himself down and then just refused to stand up. 
had he stood oh, up, dear. I would have been able to hold out longer. Because what elf trees don't have in. timber as well, do they? No, they, they don't. don't have it. No, no, they do no. not. So you've only got four plus every time. Um, Sad times. Yeah. So uh, it's fault for falling down. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, managed to prevent the orcs scoring in the first half uh, with just basically a, a standard two by two columns, and he just he just wasn't knocking people out, getting them off pitch. So he's. He'd do the one blitz he could do, knock someone over, and they'd just stand straight back up and dodge out and move back a square. We've all had those games versus Wood Elves, and those are almost impossible to win. The fact is, Wood Elves are balanced in a way that you should be able to take them off the pitch relatively easily, comparatively. If that doesn't happen, what can you do? Exactly. So, he, I mean, he still still had a sort of 4 plus, 4 plus 3 up to score, which was basically just the knock someone over and then dodge someone through. Uh, yep. But yeah, just w- without a re-roll, couldn't make it. Um, second half, he was a little bit unlucky. Again, the ball went not particularly deep, but not particularly ideal for him. He was strong on the other flank. So again, just, just pressured, um, pressured, pressured. Got the ball, scored. Uh, and then, oh yeah. Yeah, so... And then for the third one, which was amazing, because the orcs did some wood elf bullshit, which was it was abs- <laughs> always good. It was absolutely glorious. It was so basically the ball was in a not great position. I just chucked a load of players down at him. Um, all my players were kind of in tackle zones and stuff. Um, so he had to do some careful blocking to clear out the ball carrier zone. He managed to um, move his catcher across. Uh, sorry, move his thrower across. Failed a handoff, and I thought, brilliant. He's in a great position. So I ran a catcher down pitch um, into the end zone. My other catcher with short hands popped in, picked up the ball, popped out. He had to go for it to um, basically stop an interception and to get it in the next range of passing. Which I failed with. Did it go really well? I failed with the re-roll, so that was that was classic. <laughs> uh, so he, uh, was it your thrower that did that as well, or was it? No, no, uh, it was it was a, a catcher, catcher mm-hmm. doing it. So, but to be honest, it would have been getting it down pitch would have been fine because yeah, he he had no way of getting to the catcher who was down there. Um, <laughs> oh, so sorry, he, guys. So he then managed to pick up the ball with his thrower in a tackle zone, dodge back out hand off to a blitzer who legged it up pitch long bombed it down pitch to another blitzer it was accurate and the blitzer failed to catch it oh (laughs) which was you know what which was very very unfortunate i have seen that happen multiple times for orc teams because they can pull off the bullshit and i've done it i've seen it happen to naz who's playing me i've seen it happen to hugo where everything happens perfectly the throw happens perfectly and the only bit that gets fucked up is the blitzer catching it usually when they're standing on the line yeah yeah, I've seen that happen multiple times, and only with orcs. Yeah, it, so it was it was a bit unfortunate. It was a three up catch. Uh, I think he had had to burn his reroll somewhere else in it, but three up catch didn't make it. Uh, it meant I had to work the ball back up pitch. Um, he defended. He actually defended really, really well, and I, I had to go for. I think it was like a three up, two up with no rerolls, uh, and then a two up go for it to score. Which I which I did, but 
yeah, he he defended really well and just made it difficult. So it was three 0 but it was it was just classic thing of just Wood Elves put the Orcs under pressure, and yeah, just we call that elfy bullshit. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there is so absolutely it's picking nothing up wrong for you. Yeah, pretty well. much. <laughs> Having played, what I've been doing recently, right, is in order to try and get better. I've been playing against myself because I haven't had the time to play proper games. So I think, okay, I'll go on Blood Bowl 2 or whatever. I'll set up a local game against myself and see if I can beat myself with a better team, yeah? So Ooh, I play Wood okay. Elves versus Kemri. Um, and it's been quite interesting. So I've been playing, obviously, the Wood Elves and the Kemri. And each time, my, the goal is to try and score with the Kemri and try and pay the perfect drive. And it's really fucking annoying because yeah. you can play the perfect drive down to, like, you know, everything is great. And it just takes an average level of elfy bullshit to completely fuck it over. Yeah, it does. You don't. You you honestly don't need to do a lot. It's so frustrating. I know, because you'll be doing everything and doing everything, and eventually they'll just go, "Man, no problem. Leap in, two die uphill, knock it loose, off it goes." Pew. And you just go. Huh? I mean, I mean, wood elves so are wood elves are a particular level of elfy bullshit. Uh, yeah. Out of interest, were you keeping track of your leaps? Um. um oh, sorry. No. You meant me then. <laughs> so no. Okay. Sorry, this, carry on. This is a question that I'll, I'll probably come back to then. Carry on. Okay. Um, so game on, game three was against another orc team uh, managed by SCS Sam, who is a very good player. He is. He's gonna. He's in my World Cup team. Yes, I'm not surprised at all. Um, mm. So he opted to kick to me, which was yeah probably fair enough to be honest. Mm. Um. The ball scattered right onto the halfway line, but over on one side where I had no players, and he rolled a blitz. Yay! <laughs> so he just he just basically ran a load of orcs underneath it and caught the ball. I was like, oh shit, this is not looking good. This is why you take Frenzy on the war dancer like Naz does, because then you just surf him. Leap into the cage, two dart uphill, surf him with a pitch. Job done. It is definitely the fun way to play. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not so useful. I, you then get yourself. I really rate Frenzy on a war dancer. I know that uh, my my general gameplay is risky, and that Hawker would disagree with me. I, yeah, it's just fun surfing people. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, <laughs> play Norse more. I've got to say, strip ball was amazing. Tackle yeah. less good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he managed to get under the ball straight away. So my turn one, I just went ah fuck it. Um, strip baller leapt in pushed the ball carrier uh, I think because he'd had to catch it with a blitz so obviously there's no sure hand so he stripped ball away from him uh, the ball bounced all over the place and eventually landed up just behind his line which was slightly annoying for me so he picked the ball up again so the strip baller just went oh well I'll just leap in and one dice you again and knocked him over again uh, <laughs> oh, we've all been there yeah, so, and then it was basically, the ball bounced a bit more favourably, I managed to get it, hustle it up pitch, um, I think I had, to, I had to score in turn five, and he had killed my leader by that point, uh, despite my use of an apothecary, which changed killed from killed. Oops. <laughs> Always the way with apothecaries. Um, yeah, so from, so from turn six, I was defending with five players. Uh, one of whom, Hooray! one of whom was a rooted tree. Hey, <laughs> good old wood elves. So I unsurprisingly could not keep him out. Um, I did manage to uh, score second half, but then so did he. So it was two all. 
Uh, and then I did a turn 16, one turn touchdown. Oh, beautiful. Which was which was nice for a 3-2 win. And that's beautiful. why you need to do the one turn touchdowns. Pretty much, yeah. To be fair, although I was down by a lot of players, it was a lot of KOs, which I, I found, generally speaking over the weekend, it was more KOs off the pitch than actual casualties. Yes. Yeah. And it, one of the most frustrating feelings of Blood Bowl, and I'm sure you can all agree, is when you clear an elf team yeah. into the knockout box <laughs> and they all come back. They, they just all casually roll back on pitch, yeah. Also known I don't know as if it's a... one of the most satisfying feelings in Blood Bowl. No, it's not. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to get a war dancer off the pitch and then just to watch them skip back, refreshed after their sort, short saunter into the lovely couch of the knockout box? They just needed I remember a our game of last year's Welsh Naz. They just needed a bit of a break. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. No, yeah, it was. It, it was fun. So. Um, so two hundred one's pretty good. It is, and then came day two when it got a lot worse. So. Well, you beat someone quite good, though. I thought I heard. Uh, I did after two complete dicing. So. <laughs> uh, so game four was against uh, El Duderino, who was a lovely chap. Um, it's a fun name. Lo- lovely guy had a dark elf team. Um, elf off. Yeah, and he just diced me. He had oh. one. He had so he had the kind of standard three blitzer, two witch elf, uh, one runner build, I think. Plus, yeah, plus like three three re rolls. Um, Fair enough. And he had and one of his blitzers had tackle and mighty blow, and that Ugh. that player just single handedly destroyed my team. Yeah, that's not really what you want. No, so Ouch. it was it was it was turn one. Oh, you just killed one of my uh, one of my block uh, line elves. That's annoying. Turn two. Oh, that same player just knocked out one of my block line elves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, and ju- ju- just the whole game, whole game. He, it, if you can get tackle mighty blow out there, it it is yeah. just so incredibly effective. Yeah, against against Wood Elf's armor seven, it was just. He he basically almost dodge out of the cage, hit someone, and go back in. And he, he yeah. whenever he hit someone, they would go off the pitch. That must have been really annoying. Uh, I was down to he very nearly pitch cleared me in the first half. Ouch. Um, I think it was I had three or four left on, but one of them was Tree, who was just led on the ground, not doing anything. So <laughs> just chilling out. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so second half, uh, I think I scored quickly. I might have, actually. I think I scored in the first half, uh, and then second half, I was kicking to him. Uh, yeah, he. It was just just rinse and repeat. So it's basically my whole team, apart from the treatment up up his end of the pitch, without the ball. His whole team with the ball, caged up. Uh, basically at my end of the pitch and we just stayed like um, that for eight turns <laughs> in essence fair enough um, with with him occasionally taking the opportunity to foul the tree who was led down in the middle uh, well you've got a foul tree man on the floor it's, it's practically the law I yeah, don't know I'd, I'd have left it alone I'm not sure it's worth fouling a tree on his own well he eventually knocked him out so it probably was it's for okay. bragging points really that's why you do it yeah bragging yeah. points that's fair not for any tactical reason <laughs> no. but it was it was basically I was I was just thinking because I had at that point I had six players left which was really the bare minimum you need for the one turn I was going to try and do turn 16 
Yeah, I think you uh, can do it with five, but it's very, very it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. You can just about do it with six. So I was like, basically just said to me, said, are you going to do anything else apart from hide at the other end of the pitch? Are you just holding on for the one turn? I was like, I'm going to be honest, yeah. So he's like, okay, fair enough. And then just rolled for the foul of the treatment until the treatment went off. So... <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, you know, six players. The treatment didn't come back, which deprived me of grab, which would have made things a hell of a lot easier. But I was like, I've st- I've got a t- team reroll. One turner is doable for for a tool draw. That's that's fine. Uh, so basically, ward answer goes in. Had to do a one dice to push his guy into the cage and get me the first the first square up pitch effectively what answer goes in rolls a skull team re-roll rolls another skull <laughs> so it's like okay fair enough not clearly not meant to be uh, so yeah that was that, that was that was less than less than pleasant so uh, and then I got completely hammered by a pretty ridiculous high off team lots of L in game 5 yeah by a high off team that's interesting uh, yeah, when when basically he only ever rolls perfect defences <laughs> okay. or blitzes. But basically, literally, it was he'd score. I go, okay, well that, that's fine. You know, I can I can push. I can get two to and score, no problem. And then he'd roll a perfect defence. I'd be like, oh shit, okay. Lots of perfect defences. Yeah, uh, and then he'd because I was I think by by turn four or five I was down to six seven players maybe um yeah just just couldn't ever get back i think he beat me like four five one because it was just if it wasn't perfect defense it was a blitz Mm -hmm. one of those games and and i'm guessing you were setting up loaded up one side to just sprint up and score i it's yeah because i had no choice basically Mm -hmm. I, i didn't have enough players to do the normal wood elf game of pissing around and also, his catchers are strength three and as fast as my catchers. <laughs> so yes, bastards. But they don't have dodge, which is helpful. But it, he, it, get, he, it's not he, that he helpful. did. He gave them all dodge. So oh, fine. <laughs> Problem resolved. So it was like but oh, okay, yeah. You had a nice easy opponent for the last game, though. Hey. Yeah. So bearing in mind, I'm on two wins and three defeats, not going particularly well, having lost both games on day two. I was like, okay, well, at least it should be uh, a moderately easy game. You know, try and try and dig that third win out, and I got Andy Davo, who is an extremely <sighs> Multiple good player. times winner of the Welsh Open. Yep. he is very good. Yeah, uh, with his Necromantic, which were ranked what at the beginning of the tournament? Something like two oh seven, I think. Ouch. Yeah, um, but to be fair, he'd been having an atrocious weekend as well, uh, because I think he lost his first game five nil. Oh. Oh dear, uh, five nil is not a good amount to lose. No, and the fact and the fact he was playing me suggested he was having a bad weekend. Yeah, um, I I can understand why you'd say that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's, it's fair. Uh, to be fair, I'd never actually played him before. I don't think. No, I don't think I have. Did you? No. Did you? Did he spank you two one and you learned lots of new tricks about how to be a better player? No. Um, he 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 did what I always do, which is fail everything all the time. Oh, <laughs> and I did. I did what my opponents normally do, which is never fail anything ever. Yay! Always nice with elves. Yeah, so it was, it was just basically all the elven bullshit was coming off. Um, 
at one point I made a basically I made a stupid error which he managed to hinge round and w was on the verge of basically crushing my poor elven cage up against the sideline uh, yep. I failed to knock someone over and I thought oh, shit I was like right so to get through that gap I need three up three up three up two up right fuck it let's give it a go so first I dodge one catcher through then another catcher then the ball carrier catcher then both ward answers oh. I was like, and I was like oh okay <laughs> excellent <laughs> that's that's gone rather well uh, and then yeah just and you saw his sad little broken face well he did <laughs> your, your cage skipped away well when, when I say he did what I always do to the point of at one point uh, it was to blitz the ball carrier with his tackle white um, it was okay yeah just need to go for it I rolled a one team re-roll I rolled another one. Oh dear mm. Oh well, uh, yeah. So you beat him a respectable what one nil? Uh, it was it was four one. It was ridiculous, <laughs> and it just it was it was to the point where literally everything I tried was I just go, oh well, okay, I'll I'll just leap my ward answer into your cage unsupported and two dice uphill. Oh, he got two pushbacks with his strip ball. Oh, I just uh. move, I just move my catcher with sure hands in. Oh, he picked it up in two tackle zones. He'll dodge back out. Lovely. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh dear! Yeah, oh it was dear. it it was it was it was bullshit basically. <laughs> it's always nice when the pendulum swings back the other way. Sometimes, well, people keep telling me that you know sooner or later it it kind of averages out, and it's like that's it. That that's that's the game of my. That's whole all you career. get. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's your 2019 it. luck gone now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so 303, which I think is is perfectly respectable. I was yeah. not not unhappy with it given the field. So. Yeah, yeah, it's always a competitive one at the Welsh. Yeah, very much so. And Andy only went and bloody won his own tournament. He did, yes. Uh, due, <laughs> to, <laughs> due to some highly amusing antics in the last game. <laughs> I heard he explained to me the last turn in, in meticulous detail. Yes, yeah, it was. Oh, it was epic. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it's one of those turns where you know you have a turn and you do one thing because you're not really. You, you don't consider it fully, Mabel. You notice one thing. You make one move and then one second too late, you realise it was the wrong thing. Yeah. And that you've just completely yeah. buggered yourself. Yeah. Essentially, that happened, but it was um, it was. I mean, we're talking advanced level stuff here. This oh, is the case yes. of yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have a sidestepper. You sidestepped him one square too far over, which meant there was a rat's a bat of hell chance that one thing might happen, which it does happen, which means the game is this, and it's just one of those little little tiny things, and you just think, oh, for fuck's sake, what have I done? Yeah, the the real kind of slimmest of margins. We've all been there. Usually it's not when you're about to win a six-game tournament, though. No, I really no. Feel, sorry, Dave. I really feel for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, that was that was God. harsh. Poor man. So, on the Wood Elves, then. Yeah. I feel like you didn't hate them. I quite enjoyed them, because it kind of averaged out. The games where they worked, they worked really, really well. The games where they didn't work, they just got crushed. Yeah, okay. And how about that leaping then? Overall, did you do you think you did a lot of leaping, or were you a bit more conservative? Um, Tory bastard. A mix, Sorry, mix, <laughs> mix of both, to be honest. Okay. It was, it it was relatively balanced, but it did it. It was useful in potentially pulling me out of situations I didn't want to be in necessarily. Mm-hmm. So there, there were a few occasions where I'd look at it and go, 
Well, actually, I think the optimal thing to do is the three-up leap and the one dice with, with the strip baller. There were plenty of others where I looked at it and went, well, leaping in there is just going to be suicide, so maybe don't do that. So, but then it, but it always were you left making, the option like defensive of, leaps. Uh, it was a lot of cage breaking leaps. To be okay, honest. so you're going cage breaking. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot of cage breaking leaps, but there were especially against the orcs in the second game. It was a lot of pressure um, leaping. So effectively, um, you, just, you sound like a therapist, Naz. Tell me about your leaps. Were you making <laughs> defensive leaps? When's, what's your earliest just, memory of leaping? I I just thought I so. What I found is that leaping is what tends to define a wood elf coach and yeah. how they do it. So I used to leap at every single opportunity. See a cage, Ooh, leap. Okay, right. Every yeah, turn, yeah. leap. Um, you played Hawker, like a slam. Haw- exactly. Like a bad slam. Hawker maybe leaps once a game. I was, I was somewhere in between, to be honest. Um, I leapt frequently, but not an awful lot so but it's the best thing coaches is, the top well, level ones wait for that one opportune leap <coughs> don't they they'll stall and stall and then just pounce well the thing is yeah against SCS Sam the strip ball leaper was just immense because a couple of times I was able to go oh, okay right I can do a chain push here a chain push here and that means my leap is suddenly going to give me a one dice on the ball carry rather than a two dice uphill so yeah it gives it gives you a lot of scope to get out of certain situations, especially against ball carriers who don't have block. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I'd agree with you. Because effectively, even if you, even if, for example, you fail to knock someone over that would give you a better move, you've always got the option at the end of the turn of just going, "Well, you don't have block, and I do. I'll take that half dice uphill." With a leap, yeah, makes me sick just thinking about it. Bloody wood elves! Wood elves are odd. They they are very fragile, and they can be ridiculously good. But it's also very easy for it all to go wrong. Like you said, as soon as you lose players, you you really can struggle. Yeah, I think I think I found I um, it seemed to be somewhere between seven and eight players. With with playing with eight seemed to be fine. As soon as you lost that extra one, if the opponent was still an eleven, just became so much harder. <laughs> mm. I I think you're right. Um, so the mobility is is good and is effective. Um, but the the other thing which I find really makes a difference is the fact that you can't do the step off defense in the same way. Yes. Yeah. So you can just <clears throat> cover. Uh, what is it? Um, three. You can cover twelve squares of the pitch with eight players. Correct. Like, yeah. Completely safely, they will not get through without dodging. But as soon as you hit seven, it's like, oh, that's only nine squares of the pitch. That's not very much at all. And as soon as they chip one of the corners off, they're through. It's yeah. it, it's a lot harder to well do anything really. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's that magical thing of as soon as you lose that extra player, you just start to struggle a bit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Saying that with Wood Elves, it's like Skaven. As long as you've got a couple of positionals left, you can sometimes squeak your way through, and that's what's so revolting about them as well. Uh, you, was that, you was are that quite in- right. Alex? So was that an intentional joke or? <laughs> 
You wound me, sir. <laughs> so you get, you're going to take him again? Um, yeah, I've got five more to get off the 26. Um, probably not for a while because I did finish above 150 with them, which I'm fine with. <laughs> <laughs> Relegate them to the bench. Well, I've got I've got twin I've got plenty of other races once I've done the twenty six who are in the kind of high one forties who I'd like to get over one fifty. <laughs> That's a fair enough goal. I wanted to try and do that as well, but all the joke teams I've taken over the years when I'm TOing has really buggered my chances. So my undead ranking, for example, is is like one twenty because I took them well, to Gert and played all yeah, zombies. Look at this way: if you start playing them sensibly, you are going to ruin someone's day. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. My dark elf ranking is down in the one three three, I think. But that's Oof. that's mainly because I've taken them to Welsh Open with a three assassin build, which it turns out is not tremendously effective. Funny though, hey. <laughs> I took um. Sometimes <coughs> you'd be surprised. I had a game earlier today, and you look at a team and you think this is not competitive at all. This is absolute bloody nonsense. And sometimes they can they can surprise you. Well, the uh, the three assassin build was completely rubbish because I think I gave them all jump up and multiple block, plus obviously, <laughs> plus obviously Hulk and Heart Ripper, which yeah, I love it so much. Not it was it wasn't very effective apart from the one game against former uh, podcast member Knightley and his Amazons, where <laughs> where, where, li- where literally they just went oh armor seven stab stab Dabby, stab stab. stab, stab, stab. stab, stab. Oh, I've just killed four players in one turn. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that was exactly what I found with the assassin. It's like he works one game out of six. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you are really, really lucky. But for That's that why. one but for that one game, it's very nearly worth it. <laughs> Almost <laughs> for, worth that, it. for that one game alone, it's very, very close to making it worth it. Well, clearly the problem is you've not been reading the Games Workshop strategy literature and oh, you've not been sorry. stabbing big guys. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, stabbing the big guys, clearly where I'm going wrong. Mm. If it's going to fail most of the time, shoot for the moon. And if you lose, you'll land up in the dead and injured box. But the, that, just to sideways a little bit, <clears throat> earlier today, that thing I was telling you about, that, that list, that stupid list that shouldn't have worked but did, yeah. I played against Heartsbane, <laughs> and he had um, an all-vampire, six-vampire, no-re-roll list. Oh, I, I thought, fucking love it. <laughs> but I was like, this will be easy, this will be a cinch. <laughs> oh my days, <laughs> it was not. So he had six vampires and Chaney, um, he had a leader, so technically he had one re-roll, and um, all the vampires had pro. I oh, thought, I love it. I, can I I've just say, orcs. I love Pro. Pro's so fun. Turns out it's really good on vampires, especially when you've got six of it. And I thought this would be fine. And it just it just wasn't. It still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> all now, my cages, all my stallings. It didn't it did not, it just didn't work. Now you see, weirdly, like the, so the uh the Chaos Dwarf team with everyone had pro that I took to Elf Olympics a couple of years ago. Uh was just ridiculous because it meant you just you just try and pro everything even if you didn't need to. Well, yeah, you might as well. Eh? It's, it's like you know your your curse dwarf blocker. Oh, that's only a pushback and a skull. I may as well try and pro it then. <laughs> so <laughs> may as so well. So cruel. So cruel. Oh, but it meant that as you know, all your bloodlusts um, get a fifty percent chance, pretty much of of getting resolved. All your all your hypnogazers, you get another go at it. It's just oh my gosh. I really, really like that. Really effective. I really like yeah. that. I've got to say, I think that's a great idea. I mean, with Cheney and six vampires, 
He's only turning up with four thralls, and I thought, this would be a piece of piss. But with Pro, Bloodlust becomes much less of a problem. I mean, when it when it fails, and when it fails again, it's an issue, because you've lost a quarter of your thralls. Yeah. But it, it's only <coughs> once or twice that it really became a problem. Well, and the thing is, and the thing is, technically speaking, you're not especially likely to take the thrall off the pitch. Mm. No, true. Basically, it was fucking awesome. It was the complete opposite of my vampire list when I took it to Foulball. Because I had no bloodlust, and he had many, many bloodlust. But so long as you don't roll ones, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of things one, like that. He's pro. It's, it's like ogres. If you don't roll any ones on the bonehead, they're fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, they're not. They're oh. still shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're still ogres. That's true. I don't know. I, I might mine are above one fifty. I'll have you known as. Just, I think it's just about the player, really, isn't it? Uh, to which I will raise you my halflings. <laughs> are your halflings bent? Uh, my halflings are awesome. Uh, I think I'm about one five. Am I one sixty with halflings now? Ooh, nice. I'm, I'm, nice. I'm definitely heading upwards with with the halflings. I'm very proud of them. Very respectable. Should we move on to the next section? We probably should. Let's. We have lots to go through. Okay, see you all in a bit. So, what we're going to talk about now is we have shamelessly stolen what other better podcasts have done and um, posted on our Facebook page saying, hey everyone, ask us your questions and we'll answer them on air. Not not but- stole, not stolen, been inspired by. Oh yeah, that's it. We took inspiration from all these other better podcasts. It's like a live stream, except it's not live, so... You know. and, and also, and also for legally defensible, uh, it's a parody, so it's fine. <laughs> this is pure satire. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by you this uh, sound effect. Boing! If someone were now to start satire. typing questions in the supporter chat room, hint, hint, <laughs> this would in fact be a live event. But no Ooh, one's listening. Interesting. Are they? No one listening. That's not the point. They could do. Or we could pretend. Oh yeah, go on the Patreon. You can listen to it live or whatever. Then you can type. Oh, I don't give a shit. Anyway, let's listen to some questions. Let's see some questions. That's a pretty good way of earning money for the podcast to uh, keep the cost down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly, all Patreon supporters are valued and important to us. You are fake news. Look, these look these solid gold microphones don't pay for themselves. Sorry, I couldn't hear you over the sound of my Fabergé egg cracking. I've been <laughs> having it for my supper. Is it vegan? Uh, it's made of like clay or whatever. I don't know. That's interesting. <laughs> it's made of Fabergé. I, I believe a Fabergé egg is made of gemstones. So oh, yeah, maybe it's vegan? perfectly fine then. It Delicious. Might be made of dinosaur. Mm. Uh, dinosaurs are okay. They're kind of. I don't think you'd find many people protesting the cruelty that we inflicted upon the dinosaurs. <laughs> There's. Okay. Oh, I don't. I don't know, Alex. There's bound to be some. Well, you never know. You'll have the pro dinosaur um, vegan wing. Uh, in your face about that. <laughs> I assume you know that's the pro dinosaur vegan wing that doesn't actually drive because you know fossil fuels, etc., etc., etc. They drive their bamboo cars, <laughs> powered by self satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some questions. Um, I've tried to sort them in some order on the Facebook thing, but it, it, I don't know what order it's done it in. It seems to have done it in just a completely random order. Sometimes it's new messages, and then it's old messages. I think it's in age order, but then it sort of leaps back. And I'm just going to read the questions, and we'll see what happens. What, the, what, the age order of the posters? Yeah, yeah, that's how it's done it. I'm just trying to find your question, Matt. Well, it's, God, bloody... Well, it's way down, on <laughs> it? It's here somewhere. <laughs> 
sorry. Let's move on. Okay, so the first question, the first of the Anything But One podcast Q&A section questions comes from someone called Daniel J. Muller. When are you going to start... Uh, sorry, I'll start that again. That's a good start, isn't it? When are you going... Great, great work. ...to start getting drunk and rambling for an hour instead of talking Blood Bowl? It works for Liam Johnson of Two Frunk Flunk Drunk Flings. <laughs> I'd like to point uh, to the honourable gentleman to the fact we've already done this. Yeah. <laughs> I think ball. more than once. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, definitely I, I, I at think, least think, once. I think the answer is going to be the next time we have Merrick back. Yes. <laughs> well, indeed. Didn't we get there before Two Drunk Flings as well? Because I'm pretty sure we were drinking on air way before them. Yeah, we, we were drinking on air better. before it was cool. And there is an episode where Merrick and I are horribly pissed at Threadball just talking oh, about God, Blood yes. Bowl for a long time. Yeah. I think Stan pops up at one point as well. I highly recommend it because it's probably one of the best sections of the podcast out there. Because <laughs> it is just me and him being very drunk. And I have a sort of existential crisis about whether I'm actually any good at Blood Bowl or not or whether it's all luck. And it's uh, quite. I, I can answer that for you. It's all luck. Yep. <laughs> it's good fun. I, I recommend. Checking it out. Okay, well, that brings us quite neatly onto the next question, which is, when will you let Merrick out of the understairs cupboard? The thing is, he's not in the understairs cupboard. He's currently on a research trip. However, he'll need to survive the research trip before he's allowed back on. So, good question. And he is in darkest Peru looking for Paddington. In which case, he'll be looking a very long time. I didn't realise he's gone to Peru for Paddington, because I believe Paddington is in London. That's why he's taken so long. That's the problem, ah, you see. That makes sense. So he, he will. He, he, I'm sure he'll return at some point. Um, but yeah, yes, possibly to find... with ink and gold. Yes, or or tropical diseases. So it could be anything, you know. And we'll see, I suppose. So that's the answer to that question. What's the next question? If you start being really neg- oh, this is from J Bone. If you start being really negative about all other Blood Bowl podcasts and mocking everybody that listens to you, I'll know you're stealing my shtick, and I will sue. <laughs> Not really a question, but you know we'll answer it anyway. Um, hold on, let's give it a go. Hey, uh, Double Skulls, your name <coughs> sounds like an Olympic sport, and you should be ashamed. Yeah, how's that feel? Double skulls, it's a, it's a skull, isn't it? That's a, uh, it is, rowing. you're quite right, that was a very good rowing joke. Thank you very much, I'm full of them. <laughs> I can make all sorts of rowing jokes, can you? Man? Oh, I've got a joke, uh? I've got a joke. Too it's shoot. a joke that I'm really proud of. Go on then. Oh dear, go on. What do you call the omnisexual royal Norwegian branch of the Hells Angels? Um, I, I shudder to think. The Vikings. Bike, bike. I th- I think that works. That's there are four separate puns in that. I'm trying to untangle it. Yeah, so you've got the Vikings, as in the pun on Vikings, hence Norwegian. Yep. Cycling, fair enough. Did you say bisexual? What did you say? Omnisexual, uh, hence bi. Omnisexual, hence bi. And then what's the other one? Royal. Oh. Kings. It's That's awesome. A, that was a yeah. That was a. That was a lot of joke in a small package. Many jokes for the price of none. It was like taking a vitamin pill. Do I feel much better after it? Yeah. But there was certainly a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Next yeah. question comes from Dom Fluff again. <clears throat> what is objectively the best team in Blood Bowl and why is it Slan? Well, the answer, of course, is Slan. Objectively, they're the best. Because, I mean, why? Uh. Would, what other team can even 
consider holding a candle to the majesty that is the Frogman. Now, I would argue that the uh, that objectively the best would be the team that is able to field the highest number of combined stats in a single in a single turn. Is so, so probably elves then. Then elves, exactly. So I would assume that's going to be wood elves because if you get all four catchers and the two blitzers and the tree out, you're going to have the highest number of combined stats on the pitch plus the highest number of decent skills. Therefore, wood elves. Ah, but... Well-reasoned, yeah. The problem with that is this game is not just about stats, it's also about skills. So you could argue it's the team that can field the most blodge out of the packet. And the team that achieves 11 blodge the fastest. Uh, hence Wood Elves. <laughs> it's or not Amazons. far off. Yeah, I, I saw you going with the answers. <coughs> Answering theory. it sensibly, I don't think there is an objectively best team in Blood Bowl. Because you cannot measure it objectively. Because it all depends on what you think is a good team. I think that as a game, the objective measure is the most fun. And therefore, it is Halflings. Goblins. <laughs> Ogres. Basically, Stunties. Not ogres. <laughs> <laughs> it is objectively not ogres under any measure. I think, I think, if, I think if there's one thing two out of three of us agree with, it's that it's not ogres. The thing with ogres, though, <laughs> the thing with ogres, right, is goblins and halflings, as far as Stunties go, you can expect to do reasonably well. They have got provisions to be able to succeed. Ogres, you can give them all the leg ups you want, and they are still shit. So, I mean, any matchup yeah, but, favours the other person when you're playing Ogres. doesn't even matter who you are. But they're not even shit in a fun way. They're just <laughs> shit. What you need shit to do in is a shit way. You search it's for the, the worst, fun. It's the worst sort of shit. You look for the fun. When your Ogre makes a dodge, you go, yay, that was a good turn. When your Snotling manages to foul someone or make five or six dodges on the trot, you think, great, that was a really good turn. You don't look for the things like scoring touchdowns and getting casualties as a measure of fun. You have to reassess your goals. <laughs> also... It makes you a better player because you have to get used to losing. So I highly recommend everybody giving ogres a go for a season. It made me a better coach because I got used to having this shit kicked out of me and it made me take losing like a man. I highly recommend it. Therefore, objectively, the best are ogres. Also, objectively, the best is Kemri because they're brilliant. Look at their little Egyptian faces. I would like to play with Kemri. (coughs) Filthy man. (coughs) You should. I've been playing them a lot recently and they're a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy them. I'm looking forward to, I'm, I am looking forward to taking Kemi, to be fair. I'm <laughs> hoping that we're going to get a league started locally in not too distant future. And uh, I've, I've been looking at it and I'm aware that, well, shall we say that not everyone who will be in that league is uh, an experienced coach. So I've been looking at some alternatives and Kemi are definitely up there for a team I might take. Well, the best way to bamboozle new guys is to bring ridiculous teams like Slan or Bretonians who they will guarantee <laughs> never have seen. And they go, yeah. what's all this then? And you say, ah. Yeah, but I'm not sure I can get away with Bretonians because they're not in the rules. Same with Slan. So we mm. have to take something which is actually in Blood Bowl 2018. Don't take Amazons. Just don't do it. No, I wouldn't take Amazons. That's too power gamey. <laughs> you? Power gamey? Never. Vampires, on the other hand. Ooh. Vampires are also objectively the best team in Blood Bowl. There's lots of objectively the best teams in Blood Bowl. Mm. So if you're talking about stats. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Next question comes from Dumb Fluff again, who for the third question, and the third non-serious question as well, what's the best number of players to set up with? Well, clearly the best number of players to set up with is 16, but you probably can't get away with that. So you may have to set up with a legal amount. See, I think there are two answers to this question. 
I think that there is a question when you're answering for yourself, which is mm, as many as you need. <laughs> Whereas the question that you're answering for your opponent is zero. It is quite funny when your opponent can literally set no one up. Yeah. And did you know down. folks at home? You may you may not be familiar with this situation, but there is a rule that stipulates if you cannot set up any players at all during a drive, then what happens is you move the turn count two turns forward and the player who could set up any players on their side of the pitch gets a free touchdown. And then you rinse yeah. and repeat. Do they get to choose who gets the touchdown as well? Um, thinking Ooh, I, don't think, points. I, I don't, don't think so. Think I think you just get a free touchdown. I don't think you get any bonuses for it, any, any stuff like that. I think it's, yeah, I think it's effectively a free touchdown, but you don't get the points for it. See, I think I'd house rule that because it's not fair that you're being denied star player points. Look, you just, just pitch cleared someone. Opponent. Stop complaining. Yeah, but just because your opponent sucks and is dead, you <laughs> should still be allowed to have star player points. You know what? If ever we're playing in the league and that happens, then I'll let you have the star player points. Excellent. How about that? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Next question comes from Hugo, friend of the podcast, Dreams Creator. Yay. Should UK teams play the Euro Bowl after Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> I've already answered this question because I've already had this discussion with Hawker. I love this. Sorry, I think it's really funny. I'd love it if we turned up and we just told no, pissed off. <laughs> but I, honest, I honestly think that's the answer. We have voted to leave. Therefore, we should be kicked out of Euro- all European sporting events. Yeah, Euroball, Euro Eurovision Song Contest, all of it, out. Precisely. It also means that we can kick the French and the Italians out of the Six Nations because clearly we don't want them. I think this is the logical extension. It's not. This is this is kind of the first step to um, fascism, isn't it? It probably is. Um, The thing is, I actually really enjoy watching the French lose. Uh, So I'm specifically meaning rugby because I really enjoyed the rugby today. Oh, which reminds me, I finished reading your book. um, Naz lent me a book called "A Thousand Was It A Thousand Years of Annoying the French." (laughs) <laughs> I have finished it now and I need to give it back to you that's a good book <laughs> it's a very good book it's off topic but it's a very good book so I honestly think we should be kicked out now <laughs> what we must remember is this applies to the entirety of the UK so that means no team Scotland and no team Wales ah, However, what about team Ireland team Ireland are fine team Ireland is Ireland but none of them from Northern Ireland no, it's, it's, like, it's like in the rugby they're just Ireland they are just Ireland and Can therefore we, um, it's fine if I go to um, uh, if I go to the Republic of Ireland, can I um, can I go via the backstop and play in the Euro Bowl? Well, see, my plan, and uh, I've already placed it, put this into place, is to make friends with the captain of the Irish team and uh, get yourself a t- uh, place at the table <laughs> that way. <laughs> see, I'm just going to declare myself like Spanish at heart. I'll say, look, I'm 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 Spanish through and through, and please let me play with the Spanish team. I'll be. I'll play a Spanish team of renegades. We'll call ourselves the Don Coyotes, and we'll all uh, we'll all just be random people gathered around the world to be mercenaries for the Spanish, like the good old days. <laughs> you should at least call yourself the Conquistadors, surely. <laughs> Conquistadores. I think you might want to go for the Flying Swans, if I've remembered that correctly. There was a, a contingent of Irish mercenaries who fought for the Spanish for a very long time. Uh, that is true. I want to go flying swans. I'm not sure that's right. Who are the um? Who are the Irish regiment in Sharp that keep turning up? The ones that were incredibly badass. The Connaught Rangers, something. 
Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, the guys from Connor. Yep. We'll just be them. There we okay, go. Fair enough. Easy peasy. Solution done. Next question. Take a look back on rosters from previous editions of the LRB. For example, when Ogres had goblins, not snotlings. Review some of them? Question mark. What would you change back to the old days, and what makes sense to keep it as is now? Also, have you ever been to Canada? If not, what the fuck? Lol. <laughs> now, actually, we discussed this, and we were planning with our good friend Nightwing here to actually do a retroactive review of the old rosters one by one, weren't we? Yeah, which I think could be could be a could be good fun. Yeah. So we will answer this question at length in a later episode. Also, um, what would you change back? I heard that in the olden days, Kenry used to have four mummies. So can I have that back, please? Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Also, that and razor sharp fucking claws. Oh, oh my daisies! Oh, razor sharp claws. Oh, they were so oh. great. Oh, you can have your razor sharp claws if I get four mummies. Then can we'll I have my sharp claws as well? Yes. Is it was it, it was claws and razor sharp claws, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was claws with a plus one, razor sharp claws with a plus two. And they no, stacked. Wasn't, didn't they both end up being one was minus two on the armour, one was minus two on or plus two on the injury rather? Uh either way it was stupid. Yeah, ridiculous, yeah. Cause you yeah. you could have you could have claws and razor sharp claws, I believe. Yes, Disgusting. exactly. It was you all make me sick. Utterly ridiculous. Um I mean, also, I missed the old stand firm. It was stand firm that I liked. That was the one where if you failed a dog, oh, you yeah. just stay where you were. Yeah, just don't fall over, just don't move. That's and it meant that your tree man could just go, I'll give it a dodge. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean to be standing next to a cage? You can just go. Flesh golem into okay. your cage. Just dodge in. No, it failed. Never mind, I'll stay where I was. Yeah. Play yeah, for the six. It was great. great. <laughs> I mean, stand firm is a good skill anyway, but it made it so much better. Oh, it, it was, was it, it meant for big guys. It was just ridiculous. Mm. I've never played yeah, old really, version, really old Blood solid. Bowl. I need to give it a go. We should play old bowl. Do we get to use I... old Griff as well? <laughs> oh, old Griff! I I want old Griff back right now. I'm old Griff. Old Griff was <laughs> so right. So let's just remember, old Griff was the same as Griff as he is now, except he also had leap and movement eight and sprint oh. and sure feet. <laughs> Great. And he was also only about 90k. That's right, he was. That's disgusting. Griff Bowl. He was cheap then. Cheap and easy. Yeah, well, they all were. So um It was all it was all it was all predicated on the cost of one off games. So yeah. you'd pay 90k to get Griff for one game, basically. What like you you do that now? Yeah. Except now you pay three hundred and twenty for one game. You paid up front. So yeah. I've got an Amazon team in the black box on Fumble. And it, it was purely designed... So for a long time, the Black Box on Fumble was basically Undead and Kemri because it was when Kemri were ridiculous yeah, and when Undead had mummies that could have block on a double. So that oh, was yes. all it was. Oh, it was normal, you mean. And they, they just dominated the box. It was horrible. So I just went along with this tiny little Amazon team because for, I think it was 60k, I could hire Zara. And what I would do is... And you'd have to you pay for them before the game, uh, before before you even began a game. So you basically they were already on your roster. So as soon as I had money, I'd hire Zara every single time, and then I'd just go stab, 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 a stab, stab, stabity stab. And Gross. I, but it was because the the box was so incredibly horrible. I just thought it was funny to go. You know what? You're a killer team. Not anymore. You're not. Stab. I know someone did that with the current edition as well. They um. 
quite, I've seen people build Norse teams and they give everyone dirty player. And the idea is, <laughs> no one cares about oh, claw because you're it. Norse. You're all armor seven anyway. And when you use your piling on, then you just get fouled. I think oh, they yeah, call it the anti claw the... league. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what was the what was the old version of sneaky git as well? Oh, was that? I didn't. I don't remember there being an old version of sneaky People git. People have talked about different versions of it, as in they Sne- want to sneaky change git. It. Used to be a much better skill, and I can't remember why. I thought sneaky git was one of the ones they added. Ooh. So I think the answer is we, we will definitely spend longer yes, doing yeah, this yeah. and actually doing a bit of research. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Rather than just going by memory from the glory Just fudging it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go to the next question. Dumb Fluff again. Dumb, come on. Come on, man. Save some questions for other people. We're running out of slider space. Serious question, then. When do you decide to play for the draw? Interesting. Interesting question. Of course, it depends. There's always that good old question, isn't it? It depends. Sometime between turn one and turn 16. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's m- very helpful. If you're once you have a team, you will have an idea of the minimum amount of turns you need to score. So if you're Skaven, you need one turn, maybe two. If you're Wood Elves or Brother Elves or High Elves, you can do it in two. If you're Orcs, you kind of need like four. If you're Kemri, you need five or whatever. So if you're playing and your opponent has given you less than that number of turns to equalise once they've scored, that's when you have to start thinking, uh, I'm going to have to play for the draw here. That's the boring answer, but- of course. But is that actually playing for the draw, or is that just being forced into a draw by the pace of the game? Well, let's say you're Camry then, and or Orcs, sorry, and someone scores turn five. You are being forced to play for the draw in that circumstance, but you could decide to try and play for the win. The issue is, you try and play for the, the touchdown with these three turns, are you likely to give your opponent an opportunity to score because you've overextended? And that's where it becomes difficult. Right, okay, that, that makes more sense. So if you were 2-0 down with Kemri going into the second half and you're receiving... <laughs> Good luck. Sorry, 2-1, 2-1 down. That, that would be a much... 2-0 down, that's never happening. No, yes. I, I was going to say, that's, that's much more straightforward at that point. If you are 2-1 down with Kemri, you could easily go for an eight-turn grind there. Yes. Or and that's the difficulty. you could try and score in four. Hmm... It depends uh, on the stakes. Point, I feel that's a... Okay, so it depends on the stakes. Why? If you're in a league, you might say it's more important to get touchdowns, get star player points, build up a team. If you're in a tournament, um, and you're right at the beginning of the tournament, it's probably better to have a draw than a loss. So it's all about saying, what's the worst case of scenario if I draw? What's the worst case scenario if I lose? When I played against um, uh, Spence, Dionysian, it was his undead versus my Norse. He got into a position where he was stalling out uh, and it was nil-nil, I think. So he could quite easily score, well, relatively easily. Um, and he said to me, we're playing in a team format here, so <coughs> it's more important that I at least draw and be- like, at-, at least draw and maybe win than uh, at least draw and maybe lose. Because if I were able to turn him over and score, he'd lose, which would affect his team. Whereas if he could at least draw, it doesn't matter whether it's a draw or a win, because the point is he didn't lose. So he went then and scored straight away, knowing that I would be able to at best draw. So he was kind of playing for the win slash draw in that case. Isn't he was playing not for the loss. So am I making sense? In that so, context, because no, that it was in a team situation. Sense. I I actually think that you just described the only time where it's acceptable to actively play for a draw from an early point of the game. Yeah. If you're in a if you're playing as part of a team 
so things like uh, the Euro Open where there were three of you, Lutis where there's five, the World Cup where there's six. It there are times when a draw is the right thing because if all you need is a win as a team and it doesn't make a difference actually the World Cup's a bad example uh, because the World Cup you score points for everyone but if you if all you need is a win as a team and a draw will guarantee that you play for that draw that's the right thing to do of course though that's also the boring rubbish answer play for the win come on you wuss every team can score in two turns if If you've got the balls for it if you look at my record on Fumble and on the NAF, you will see that I have a really low draw percentage. I never play for the draw. And that includes with halflings. <laughs> Good man. Like, like, if I either win with halflings or I lose, I don't draw. And I, I just can't... I cannot switch off. Like, when you say, oh, you've got four turns left with your orcs, you may either draw or you can go for the win. I'm like, I'm going for the win. <laughs> and that's it, really. I mean... I think it's, if you want to be the best coach in the world, if you want, it depends whether you want to win games or whether you want to not lose games. So for some people, it's perfectly satisfactory to maintain a good record by not losing and therefore playing for the draw. However, for yeah. other coaches, you want to get the wins and therefore it's more acceptable to push harder, potentially lose, because you may potentially win. Whereas a lot of people but, are quite happy to say, as long as I don't lose, I'm having a good game. If that makes, does that make sense? But even so, if you want to win a tournament, a draw... Okay, a, a draw may not hurt you, but it probably won't help. And so if you've got a draw, that's not great for anyone. Either yeah. you or your opponent, a draw is not ideal. So you want to go for the win, because either you want to win, or he wants to win, or you're both not going to win the tournament. I think at the Welsh Open, Andy went 4-2-0 and won with that. If yeah, that had, one's weird. If he had lost one of those draws and gone 4-1-1, that would have meant that he may, he may have been com- completely lost um, out, of the, out of the running. So yeah, then those draws I, I, may have been playing for the draws. You see what I mean? You, you, you are quite right. There are times where a, a draw will work. Um, but okay, certainly in a one-day tournament. If you've only got three games, if you draw, you ain't getting there. Yeah. So there's no yeah. point. Well, at, um, at the Squig, Squig Trophy, I was, playing, um, I was playing my corn versus some lizards. And uh, I started playing for the draw for one of the first times only. Because what happened was, the first half, he scored in eight turns, as you'd expect. But I removed quite a lot of his players, like a couple of his Saurus and Croxagore and all the rest of it. And going into the second half, I thought, right, it's turn eight, I'm receiving. If I, if, if I give him even two skinks, then he's going to probably score in two turns. So either, if I can't remove all his guys comfortably, if I can't get rid of all his skinks, then I'm going to be playing for the draw here. Because I'd rather draw uh, and then, then lose. So that's what I did. I ground down and I beat his guys up and I beat his guys up. I never quite removed enough skinks. So I was quite happy to walk it in on the last turn and say, yep, there we go. That's me done. And that was me playing for the draw. Because I'd rather get the draw with, with corn against lizards than risk the loss. Mm. And I think, I think, I guess, the only other scenario would be if it's a swift team, something like Wood Elves, where you're 1-0 down, you're grinding down the pitch, and they've got, say, five or six players in the KO box... Yeah, that's oh, yeah, what I was yeah. just thinking. Yeah, and it's it's you know yeah you you could score you know from any time turn four five six whatever, but you think there's enough players in the KO box that they they will be able to get a two turn score with relative ease. Bloody wood elves! But it sometimes that and it entirely depends on the position of the game. I would sometimes say that. 
you should score as soon as possible then. Yeah. Because it means if they are then going to do that, you've got time to recover. That is quite a nice thing with Wood Elves. If you can score early and you've still got all your team left, it can be quite enjoyable. So let's say you're scoring three turns because you've all got you've still got 11 players. And then you can usually, quite happily, stall out and potentially stop them twice. If you've got all so, your team, it's a nice thing to do. Random Wood Elf thing. It is much, much easier as a Wood Elf coach to defend first. Yeah. It's because it's easy to defend with a full number of players. And also, it means that you get your one-turn attempt at the end of the first half when you will have more players. Absolutely right, yeah. Bloody Wood Elf. If you're doing it the other way around, you should always kick. As in kick them in the face. I agree. No, as in kick the ball to <laughs> them, force them to score, because that way they're defending with uh, with a, an entire half's worth of casualties. That's as a, a bashing question, team, this. I would always recommend kicking to Wood Elves. We should answer this question more often. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Hmm. Let's move on. We've got other questions to talk about. We do. What were you... Again, Dom Fluff. Dom Fluff, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> He's keen. What will you miss the most about Hugo? Is it squishing his goblins? It's that, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hugo's one of those players who I always have fun against, so I'm happy to play him whenever, wherever. Absolutely, um, yeah. I'm not sure I ever got a chance to squish his goblins. No, he mostly just killed me with his orcs. Bastard. <laughs> yeah, Bastardo. There you go, it's a bit Spanish for you. Look it up, you see what it means. You'll never Bastardo. guess. Bastardo. Don't correct me in front of all these people. Ah. It's embarrassing. I uh, feel like you should be rolling your R or something. <laughs> Bastardo. Um, Charles Torno asks, Dwarves, fun team or the most fun team? Uh, neither. The Am biggest the beards in Blood Bowl. Am I the only one that enjoys playing with dwarves? Yep. Yes. Yeah. In the whole world. <laughs> you are part of a that small, true. very small minority. People. Yeah, that's true. It's you, you and Rubik. A group of outcasts. I'm not sure Rubik. I'm not sure Rubik enjoys playing with dwarves. He doesn't enjoy playing Blood Bowl mostly. <laughs> dwarves can be fun if you're the dwarves. I'll admit that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I. Yeah, playing against dwarves sucks. No one likes <laughs> playing against dwarves. No one likes. I don't like playing against. Unless dwarves. you're playing Killer Chaos, in which case you go goody goody gumdrops. I, I enjoy playing against dwarves when I'm using Necro. Yes, anything yep. with claw, claw. Lots of lovely claw, claw mighty blow. <laughs> then it's good yep. fun. That's funny. They panic. It's great. <laughs> um, next question. Dom, again. And this isn't even the last... I can see more questions from Dom. Jeez. <laughs> is Matt actually as unlucky as he claims, or is it all just a long con? Matt? No, it's it 100% is, as we know from when I... Uh, took vampires and worked out that yes, my bloodlusts were significantly above average. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's not a long con. And even if it was, what would he gain from it exactly? I mean, having played Matt a few times, I I am impressed with the level of just shit dice. <laughs> and and, and yeah. to be fair, it's not always his shit dice, but it's you know it's things like. When we played, and he had the Valen, the Valen twins, the Swift twins. That's right. Um, yeah. Was, was it a throw a rock that took it out in turn That's zero? Right. Yep. I was like, right. I mean, it's just not fair. <laughs> Matt is the, nuclear, the nucleus from which unlucky protons do hover about. It all just bad luck comes in from all directions. That's what happens. You see. 
Sorry, Rock. It's all, he's not it's, even rolling it. It's all, it it's all a bit quantum. Yeah. It is very. It's all quarks and neutrons. You wouldn't understand, dear listener. <laughs> it's all very deep. I don't know. Are those the right words? Did I even use the right words then? Next question. Should unpainted models have loner? Yes. <laughs> so yes. This, yes. This is yes. a callback if you're unfamiliar. I made a, a, a non, a, an incredibly normal, not controversial post in the Blood Bowl community group a little while ago. And that's literally all I said. Unpainted models gain loner. Discuss. And um, it exploded. And there were hundreds... <laughs> I mean hundreds of comments on it and quite a lot of them calling me out for being a snob because <laughs> I, I think it's fine I have Saying no problem with that I mean, I, I know was discriminating against those who couldn't paint or those who had disabilities right. and those who right, hang paint on, or... right but I hate painting I am shit at painting I have never fielded an unpainted team at, at least at least the basic colours I like the idea of well I remember having a match against um, who was I playing against I forget. I, f- I can't remember. I think it might have been Cornish, and it was against. It was in the at Saw Bowl and Glowworms tournament, and he came over and he said, "Because um, I had paint, I had on my Skaven, obviously, and I, I painted them." And he said, "It's actually quite a joy to see two teams that are re- well painted on the on the on the on the field together. It's it's Absolutely. a joy to see it all, and it's it is nice to have that encouragement to want to get your models all painted up, you know." Mm. So yeah, I I agree. I think it. The game looks much better when people have actually gone to the trouble of painting them. Uh, I think that loner is a completely appropriate punishment. And <laughs> I don't require things to be massively... I don't think you need to do a lot. Like, I, To be honest, I would be really happy if you just went, right, this one has been painted completely yellow, it is a catcher. This one has been painted completely red, it is a blitzer. It's still got a bit of paint on it. It's better than the bare lead. <laughs> yeah, at least undercoat it and base it. Yeah, it, it doesn't need a lot, just something. But of course, but. of course, it's. Are we not being like we're not going to force you to do it? We're not saying everyone should have this because there are instances where people are physically unable to paint, etc. We're not going to say, of course, oh, well, yeah, you should be course. punished, blah blah blah, before yeah, anyone no. does get concerned. But it is nice to have, <laughs> to have a bit. If I were running a league amongst my mates who I knew were capable and able to paint, I may may be tempted to, to enforce a particular rule of this sort of kind. Because it's funny. <laughs> and yeah. it makes you paint your teams. Yeah. Or makes you make your friends paint their teams. And really at the end mad. of the day, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't care how sucky the paint job is. That's not a problem at all. My painting sucks as well, so... Yeah, exactly. And it's just more fun. It's more fun, okay? Paint them with red stripes, make them go faster. It's all fun. Like when you um, plastic wrap a product. When you buy something that's wrapped in plastic wrap, but it's already in a cardboard box. You don't need the plastic wrap. It's entirely pointless. But there's something nice about going, yeah, this is complete now. Look at it go. And then you unwrap it and you go, ooh, what fun. Unless it's like bananas. Don't don't shrink wrap your bananas. It's wasteful. Anyway, moving on. Next question. Uh, let's see. How do you plan team tournaments? Three players at your Open, six at World Club, or nine at Eurobowl? So what's the optimum number for teams? Ooh, interesting. Um... I think three is a good number. I think three three is a solid number. It's nice enough that your team can be distinct um, without being homogenous. You know, so if you have enough too many people, it just becomes. I don't know. I, I have not played in any larger team tournaments. So I guess I can't say, but I don't know if you'd share the same level of camaraderie than you do with three people. Oh, you definitely do. Oh, you do, do you? you yeah. Oh, absolutely. I. 
I think some of it is to do with practicality. So you if you think about a normal tournament, you're going to want at least 10 people there, otherwise it's a bit shit. <laughs> you don't really want to have a tournament with six people. You know, it's not ideal. Yeah. So if you work that out, the same goes at a team tournament. You want at least 10 teams. So if you want a six-man team, you need 60 coaches to be turning up to your tournament. That's quite hard. Mm-hmm. Especially as not and, everybody is interested in team tournaments. And also, dropouts are a nightmare with a team tournament. You've got Ooh. to have a lot of reserves hanging around. You And if you've got an odd number of teams, you need a full team of reserves. You do, yes, yeah. So three is a damn sight easier. Yeah, yeah. I liked our three-man team as well. You, me, mm. and Land Rover against the world. I liked that yeah, team. It was great. That said, I do like the larger ones, um, and I think, as you will see later this year, World Cup is fantastic. Six people is a lot of fun. Okay, but you need it, it's harder to organise. <laughs> but once you've got it organised, it's worth it, is it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. I shall. I shall wait with bated breath. I'll report after the World Cup. Okay, next question. Do you consider Blood Bowl to be a narrativist game? Or how is important how important is fluff to you? That's from Dom again. Um Fluff Fluff is a weird one for me personally because sometimes I'm obsessed with it and other times I entirely forget about it. So the last two leagues I've played, I've not bothered with Fluff at all whatsoever. But in the games where I have had more investment and more time, it's quite fun to make it up. But I don't know if you're making it up for yourself or for anyone else, because I'm not sure how... You do it for an exercise for yourself, don't you? You make a team because you think it'll be fun. Not necessarily for the benefit of others. So, I don't know. Well, doesn't question. it work in the same way as painting, though? You're still building an identity for the thing that you're playing with, and therefore a bit more of an emotional attachment. You start to care about the players. I don't care especially about my players, a, a problem. Especially in a league, I think. I think I think the yeah the key there is the the league. In the league play, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is nice to uh it is nice to get an attachment to one or two certain players or whatever, like when you have a particularly notorious player which everybody wants to kill or a particularly like unlucky player that gets all the injuries or whatever. And it is nice um, I like it when people put fluff in their tournaments actually, the rules packs. I really do enjoy that. Yeah. I yeah, it's I think it's it it's a bit different in tournaments than it is uh, to leagues. Leagues, like you say, potentially you could have 10, 15, 20 games with the same team and you are going to have those kind of epic players, you know? Yeah. I also think um, that with... Uh, the Blood Bowl in itself is a silly game. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's a silly yes. game, isn't it? When you look about yes. it objectively, it's a silly game. And part of the, the fun of it, part of the, the what makes it enjoyable, is it knows it's silly and doesn't take itself seriously. So it is a lot of fun reading the official fluff, and there is a lot of interesting, funny jokes in there. So um, from that perspective, in order to make the game enjoyable, I think that's important. Knowing that it's a piss take and that there are jokes and there are puns and the stories are ridiculous and farcical but funny, I think really has a lot to say about the spirit of the game. I mean, if you like, for example, I don't know, halflings or ogres or goblins, they're, they're hilarious, they're lots of fun. The fact is you've got players that are only there for fluff reasons. You know, you wouldn't have had a chainsaw or a bomber just because they're 
it's a good way to balance the game. It's just a bit of nonsense. And because of that, you want to play goblins in a funny, stupid way. And that's that's a really good thing. If you if you removed all races and all fluff from the game and you just had like a game with robot automatons and this is robot team one and they're just, you know, the same stats as a human team. This is nameless, faceless robot team two and they're the same stats as an orc team. It wouldn't be anywhere near as enjoyable. So I think fluff is important. Fluff is I important. I completely agree. Fluff it out, guys. Come on, be the best fluffer. Just fluff it out wherever you see it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm not running Shall over that joke on? again. Let's move on. If you're a vampire team and your vampire gets hypnogazed, do you have to roll bloodlust to lose the hypnogaze? Because that makes failing that roll an automatic turnover and the easiest way to remove a vampire. This is from Raging82. This is an interesting one. So I looked at this already a little bit. I think I remember mulling this over. I did a Poirot yeah, and thought about I'm it. I'm doing the same. I think I have an answer, and I think I have reasons. Okay, so the way I would look at it is you automatically um, you automatically recover from hypnogaze without even trying. You start any action you like, any action at all, and you automatically recover from being gazed, recover from bonehead, recover from whatever. Obviously, yeah. then, if you've got bonehead, you've got to roll it again, but anyway... You'll automatically recover from it in a gaze, even by declaring you're about to start an action. So then you would then roll for bloodlust, meaning you have a normal turn. So I don't think there's a situation in which you would fail bloodlust before you recover from the hypno gaze. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. Yeah. So now the the question that I have is what? So he has suggested that. Uh, you would automatically fail the roll for bloodlust. Is that right? I think he's saying if you failed, if you roll bloodlust before hypnogaze and you fail yeah. the bloodlust, does that mean you have then failed to move? You can't then activate because of it. I, th- I don't think. I think it's a bit of a non-issue. I think the rules, the way they work, means so hypnogaze becomes uh, an entire non-issue. I think uh, I've been I've been trying to look at the the wording. Because that seemed important. Yeah. And so it says for uh, hypnogaze, the hypnogaze doesn't disappear until uh, after un- until the start of the next action. Now I think the bloodlust kicks in before the start of your next action because it says immediately after declaring an action, not immediately after starting an action. So I would say that bloodlust comes in before hypnotic gaze is uh, before hypnotic gaze is removed however it makes no difference though I, does it I don't think it makes a difference because we're not there are several key things and it's not requiring agility and it's not requiring tackle zones that's really key if the wording of bloodlust had been around uh, bite someone within your tackle zone then we'd yeah. have a problem because you lose your tackle zones. Because you retain your tackle zones, I think it's okay. What would be interesting, however, and this is quite a rare occurrence, but it could happen if a player had both bloodlust and bonehead. So this could happen if you used there are some some secret weapons, some items or magic cards that may give you bonehead. I think there's one which means everybody within two squares of a player gets bonehead. So let's say your vampire declares an action. He's got bonehead and he's got hypno gaze. Which comes first? Sorry, um, bloodlust and um, bonehead. Do I roll the bonehead and then the bloodlust, or do I roll the bloodlust um, and the bonehead? Because if I roll bloodlust and fail it, then roll bonehead and fail it, then I'm off. Well, I think so I ha- surely, hang on, surely it's the, generally speaking, 
I would say if you have more than one nega trait, it doesn't specify which one you have to roll for first, just they have to be rolled for before you do an action. Yes, immediately after declaring an action. That's the wording on both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you you would choose which you wanted to do first. But is that, if I roll it, if I roll the bonehead and fail it, does that mean I need to roll the bloodlust still? Because bonehead just means I don't, I can't do anything. But that doesn't mean I don't have to then roll for my. I would rule <coughs> that you have to do both. You'd have to roll both. It doesn't matter which order you do it in. You've got to do both anyway. Uh, you could bite someone who's next to you, but otherwise you're screwed and you're leaving the pitch. What's the wording of bloodlust? Does it use the word tacozone at all? It does not. It says adjacent. Okay, because that would mean, yeah, yeah you're right. If you lost your tackle zones, you're going to yeah. buy anyone because you can't get any tackle zones. And, and I think that's why, because I think it very carefully has to do it that way. It's it's actually very well written. That makes a nice change. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's actually pretty polished. Written. No, it is. There's the odd <laughs> ambiguity, but generally speaking, yeah, it's a pretty tight rule Not very many. Not many. How interesting. So that um, is our so opinion on that particular that, question. That is our our legal opinion. How many? We haven't got much left. It's a new question, so we're gonna we'll smash through these next ones because we've still got bloodlusters to go. What is that weird sound, by the way? I just said like a sound, and it looks it sounded. I mean, it sounded a bit like a kind of oink. I'm not sure what it was. It sounds Welcome like a, to anything but a one podcast, the podcast where we talk about the sound effects that may or may not have been created. <laughs> Sorry, and I may don't or know. May not be imaginary. It sounds like it could have been a cardboard box opening, but in my head, I just heard an oink. It was very strange. Okay. <laughs> anyway, oink. Moving on. Um, which is the most fun team to play? Goblins. There you go. You've answered your question, Hugo. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, that was the question. What's the most, most fun they, team they to play? Are, Goblins. They are definitely up there. Yeah, I agree. There are a lot of, I think, a lot of nonsense. I think halflings and goblins are both very fun. Personally, I prefer halflings, but they are both really enjoyable. Any team in which you have to rely purely on bullshit, you'll have a good time because you have to yeah. pull some stuff out your ass to win. Um, let's have a look. <clears throat> Another one from Dan. Uh, what makes a good or great player? Is it understanding dice odds alone, or understanding movement and being more spatially aware? I.e. is being able to visualise how your next turn will go, and see the path each mini needs to travel to achieve it, and how far does that go? Can you plan an 8 turn drive from turn 1? Or is Blood Bowl just luck, and the same better players just lucky players? I think what makes a good or a great player is somebody who, when you finish the game, you think, I really enjoyed that match, and then you look forward to playing them again, regardless of how good they are. 100% that. Yes, I'd agree. That's my opinion. I, I would say, if if we're talking purely on skill, it is not possible to plan an eight-turn grind. Um, I don't know if, if th- this is going to go off on a very nerdy tangent, but it does make sense. So if you... If you start saying chaos theory and entropy at me, I'm going to no, switch it's, off. No, it's not, it's not <laughs> chaos theory or en- entropy, but it is to do with AI. So when you play noughts and crosses, there are nine moves in the first turn. Then there are eight possible moves: seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So you end up with—it's uh, it's not a horrendously large number of, of possible combinations of turns. It's, it's way less than a thousand. I think it's somewhere around three hundred. It's—it's not a huge number of possibilities. So you can plan that out really easily. When you play chess, it—it uh, it, it gets very, very high as a series of possible turn, uh, possible moves every single turn. When you play Go, which is a Chinese game, it's ridiculous. It's but Blood Bowl is worse again. It, it is that's why it's so hard to have an AI that actually works. It's because a, there are so I think, many. 
you've seen the same documentary as me, haven't you? Uh, that's entirely possible. <laughs> and I was thinking the same things. I was thinking, well, they're programming all this ghost stuff. Imagine if they tried to program Blood Bowl. It would be bloody difficult. Yeah. you got. That's the thing. It's not about just possible moves as well, but it's about which, it's about which are the most likely moves to affect your later moves. It's, it's an enormous undertaking. If you were to try and play the perfect game with an AI system, I'm, I don't even know how you'd begin. And also, the planning doesn't work anyway because, okay, so my plan is that on this turn I'm going to do this, and then this, then this, then this, and then first turn someone throws a rock and kills your star. And oh, right, new plan. I think if, if, if I were doing it from a purely theoretical perspective, I suppose you would have to understand what the perfect drive would be. So the perfect drive would be form a cage, move it up a couple of spaces, move it up a couple of spaces until you're near the end zone, then wait for two or three turns until turn eight and walk it in. And I suppose you would then have to program your AI to understand how could they get to that situation at any given point, and what's but the would least. Per- would that always be the perfect drive? Because for a Wood Elf coach, I don't think it is. Well, that's because it as well. Yeah, you'd have to plan it's, it's it per perfe- team. It's perfectly easy to have a perfect Wood Elf drive, where for six turns you don't leave your own half. You'd have to you'd have to plan the perfect drive for each race against each other race. And so you'd have to say, for Wood Elf, this is the perfect drive. For Wood Elf versus Wood Elf, this is the perfect drive. For Wood Elf versus Skaven, this is the perfect drive. And then you'd have to program your computer to try and achieve this optimum drive at any given point, depending on how many turns are left, depending on how many players are left. And then once you've got all those permutations available, you then have to teach it how can it achieve this with the fewest dice rolls possible. And you're talking, well, we're talking 26 races against 26 races with how many different combinations of turns left per drive? I guess eight different combinations of turns left per drive. And we're talking a lot of combinations and we haven't even got into planning how the AI would even map a single turn out. It's unbelievably complicated. I wouldn't even... Anybody who wants to do it, fair play, you're going to need a long time. Yes, absolutely. And so I think that what we can probably go with is... It's not just understanding dice odds, because just doing the most likely things will not get you anywhere. You have to know when to take risks. So it's a knowledge of when to take risks. It's knowledge of where to move, and there is an element of planning because you you should be at the very least you should be able to say, okay, well this turn I'm going to go over here, and next turn I'm intending to do X. Even if it's a very loose, okay, next turn I want to push forward, so I'll put my fastest players over here, my slower players can cover here. You, you can you can plan a little bit, but it's... It's boggling, yeah. isn't it? So it, it, it is. Going back to answer the question, in my opinion, of course, this is just my opinion, the best players are the ones who play the most, who have the most experience. And the ones who play the most are the ones who are the most enjoyable to play against. So people who play often, I think, play more, because people will actively seek them out to play against them. You know, so maybe it's a case of basically what I'm trying to say is be a nice guy and you'll be remembered as a good player. You know, I think it's more important to be a nice guy that people want to play. But it might just be because my my intentions are different. I don't go out there to be the best in the world. I go out there to make friends and and have a good time. This is why I do the podcast. I'm not doing the podcast to say I am the tactical genius. Everyone listen to me. I'm doing it because I think it's fun to engage in the community, to make friends and to have a laugh. Mm. And that's what I think makes a good player. Yeah, that's fair. I'm getting off this soapbox now. Hold on. In well the interest of time, I'm going to move on. Uh, why are trolls clearly the best big guys? Asking for a friend. <laughs> this is a good Ollie Monk who runs Percy's Trollcast. Is that you, Percy? Trolls are not the best big player. So what your life found? 
I think that trolls are much maligned. I don't think they're as bad as people say. Trolls they are have, a big pile of ass. They have armor nine. <laughs> they have regenerate, and they are cheap. There's a reason they're cheap. So cheap. They're so cheap, so, so cheap. shit. <laughs> cheap does not mean good. <clears throat> I'd be like, saying, why what? is a snotling the best player? If I had an ogre team, and I could have, I. I no, clearly ogres are better than trolls. Yes. Tell you what, we'll have a match, right? We'll have a match. You can bring an ogre team, but they can buy trolls and goblins, and I'll play an ogre team where I can buy ogres and snotlings, and we'll see whose big guys oh, you, act no, better. No, you'll lose. You will lose. Because <laughs> the goblins are so much better than snotlings. Ah, but ogres are better than trolls. Because you carry with the ogres. Better. Not that much better. It's like carrying with a troll. You'll be there all day. Uh, let's move on. Frenzy, how many times can you frenzy a block? The original block plus two times, or can you go as long as you have movement left? Oh, this is just a rules query. You frenzy block up to twice. So you block somebody, and then no, no. you can follow up. We have to follow up, and then you block them again if they're still standing. The end. Um, this is correct. However, I would like to take issue with your phrase, just a rules query. All queries are valid, and yeah. we oh. welcome knowledge seekers. Of course. What I meant by that was, it has a simple, straightforward answer, which I shall furnish you with. No discussion required. Fair enough. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Next question. Although, oh, what? If we were to go back in time to, I believe, second edition, the answer is as many blocks as you have movement. Oh, man. Well, that'd be so nice, wouldn't it? Wish elves were stupid. <laughs> Next question. Comes from Merrick. Can I stop polishing this naff shield in your dirty basement yet? Who gave him internet Not- access? I don't know, but we need that polish for when one of us actually wins one. Uh, excuse me, excuse Another me. One. Screw you. <laughs> when one of us wins, when one of us wins a worthwhile proper one. Oh no 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 no! I've got my trophy, thank you. Nobody's taken that away from me. I nearly won another one. No, but you didn't. Quad skulls, man. Quad skulls. You still didn't. Alex, if we're going on that, I nearly won another one as well. Hey ho. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Prime says, that's what we do. Not really a question, Scott, but I get what you mean. <clears throat> Thank you for letting us copy you, even though you didn't let us, we just copied you. I mean, took in, uh, satired. Taking satire from you. Hey, everyone, go listen to uh, Both Down. It's a podcast. The end. Next question. Michael Shawas? 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 That's a good surname. He's asked, what is best in life? Matt? Things that are free. Ah, that's not a quote. Naz, come on, what's best in life? Blood Bowl? To crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, and to hear oh. the lamentations of their women. Very good. Is the answer. Thank you very much. That's I'm what's best sure in you'll life. Find, Alex, the best things in life are indeed free. <laughs> <laughs> the best things come in small packages as well. This, this I was going to make a knob a joke then, but I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> On we that got, note, we've got four last <laughs> questions, and then we can we can then we can smash this one off. Okay, Anthony Bayes asks Baez. Well, that could be Baez. That's a good surname. Has anyone ever read the um, First Law trilogy? Because they'll understand why first I say Ooh, Baez. That's a cat. Anyway. Joe Abercrombie. First Law. <clears throat> Logan Ninefingers. Uh, the Bloody Nine. Is that that's the blade itself? Yes. Uh, yes, before they're hanged and the last argument of kings. Yeah. I quite like that series. Planning um, to pick up uh, Half a King next, actually. I, I, oh, I have a whole trilogy. I could have lent it to you, but I gave it away for a present. 
Sorry, that's fine. To be I, I have not yet read. Is it worth reading? Yes, but read the whole Excellent. trilogy if you can in one oh. go. Because I think it just it, it's it's better to read just, it as a trilogy. Oh, fine, just go for it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, he asks, are there any better skill combinations <coughs> than a pylon ball and chain multi, a pylon ball and chain, a multi-block snotling, or a shadowing tree man? Well, let's see. Piling on ball and chain is brave. <laughs> <I like>. uh, <laughs> can you even use piling uh, on ball and chain? Of course you can. Well, well, you can. You just immediately go off the pitch. You'd immediately at least knock yourself out. I love the idea yeah. of having just having the gonads to do that. I, I like the threat of it as well because at some point I will pile on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple Oh yeah, carry but on. with the new piling on rule, you're only ever going to use piling on once anyway because it costs you. It costs you a reroll, doesn't it? So, <laughs> I, well, that's true. I love the idea. Just the idea of it. Just physically, imagine what's happening. Imagine being twatted with a ball and chain, and then he jumps on you with Sorry, the ball what, and chain. What, what were the other two? A multi-block snotling. I mean, if you're going to throw three yeah. dice uphill block anyway, you might as well do yeah. it with multi-block. Yeah, why, why not? Or a shadowing tree man. Which, now, did you know, shadowing, um, because it's not a single D6, I think there is no critical success or failure. Which means, if you are shadowing on a tree man and you try to shadow a gutter runner... There is no combination of dice you can roll that will mean you <laughs> successfully shadow that cutter runner. You roll double six, but, he rolls double one, he still beats you. But you can probably successfully shadow other treemen. Or, <laughs> or a mummy. <laughs> oh, that's Maybe true, yeah. even a black hawk if you're lucky. <laughs> How about Dauntless on a tree? Um, No. I mean, unless you want to punch death rollers or morgue. Well, or I mean, no, not even morgue, date fruit. I mean, other we're bigger we're talking about high quality skill combinations. Dawn Did you know? On a tree. Um, I was playing against San, and we were testing out this new NAF rule set. Uh, this thing on the NAF. Oh, by the way, Fumble. Go to Fumble. You've now got a. There's a NAF uh, room where you can make tournament teams and test them out against each other. But um, we were testing it out, and we thought you had to give everybody skills. Like, you have 15 skills, you had to give them all out. Uh, but otherwise, it wouldn't work. It turns out you don't. But while we were testing this, we gave his Dark Elves break tackle because we thought the skill will never come up. And it turns out the way the fumble client works is if you've got break tackle, it kind of tries to use it and will make you fail dodges, even if you should succeed. Them. So his dark elf lineman with break tackle dodged on a two, and it said break tackle would not be used because it would not help, and then he failed the dodge. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, okay then." I was thinking, brilliant. I could report it as a bug to Krista, but I think there's no point because it will never come up again. No. It will never happen unless you are um, a fool. On the well, subject, you say that there will yeah. be. If you're a strength four and three, you might take break tackle. Yeah, but the point is, you would never, um, you would never take it if your. It only matters if your agility is higher than your strength. Because if you're strength four and three, <coughs> what if, matter if you I'm use, a bull centaur? Right. I take break tackle as a first skill, then plus edge, then plus edge. And then minus strength. Or bull centaur. Yeah. You'd have to then get a minus strength, and then for some reason you're keeping this ridiculous bull centaur. If that happens, what, this, shame okay. on this el- How about this elvish agility for bull centaur? Fuck yeah. Yeah, you would keep that thing. Would you, though, you would... strength three? Yes. He's just like a hobgoblin now. Movement six, strength three. Armor nine, and. Effectively, movement nine. I don't know if I would keep. I don't think I would keep, keep him. I don't Ooh, think I would. would keep him. On the on the subject of other things that the uh, treeman can shadow, 
the possibly worst thing he could possibly do would be to shadow a ball and chain. That's true, yeah. especially if that ball and chain was about to pile on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Other useless skills, of course, include things like sure hands and a death roller. You could do that if you wanted to. If you're feeling, you feeling particularly fruity. You could I mean, take... anything like Hail Mary Pass on a loony. Hey, loony could do it. Leap into yeah. a cage. Hail Mary away. That's true, he does have hands. I want someone to take a thick skull on a stunty. That's what I want to see. I like the fact that a loony can carry the chainsaw and the ball and a bomb at the same time. If someone threw a bomb at him, he could catch it. He could juggle all three. I, I don't think he catches it. I think he bats it out of the air like a baseball bat with the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> He's a braver man than I, then. <laughs> Next question. I, isn't that self-preservation? Anyway, carry on. What do you guys think about the random stadium rules for leagues? We use them in the, my league, and they're great. Would it be something that you would use? Also... Might be a good idea for the next Olympics. Some of the luxury stadiums would be perfect. He's talking about. He's not talking about the race-specific ones, but the ones from Death Zone too. Funny fact, my friend Bastian Skogslad. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Then, if you look at the rule set for Olympics three, the intention was to use some of the custom stadium rules. Um, I thought the idea was instead of rolling for weather, we would roll for a random stadium and see what happened. It never happened in the end because it was just it never quite got around to fleshing it out. But yeah, some of them are quite funny. I like the ones, for example, where the crowd is all solemn and quiet and just stare at you. And if you get crowd surfed, they just push you back in. So you don't actually roll an injury. You just get shoved back in by the crowd. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Things like that, I think, are quite enjoyable. So I do, I do like, the, um, I like the idea of them. But I think it's almost a case of the more try and fun and wacky stuff you put in, the more people you put off at tournaments. So unfortunately, you attract less people. And that just tends to be the way it runs. The more yeah, sensible also, also tournaments in... get the most people. But leagues do exactly the same thing, so I think I'm the only person to have used a stadium at more than one game in two seasons of the Bubba League. Ah, oh, is this with your horrible, your horrible wolves, or is this Dan Seymour yeah, yeah. did it? it? Yeah, it was them. But it was it, the it one was where you roll three that... dice for a skill up, and you get to choose which two you want. Revolt. No, I didn't. I didn't get that. That wasn't me. I um, think Heartsbane but... did that. It was a revolt. Oh, did... no, no, that's the sponsorship. That's not oh, a stadium. Right. Ah, same diff. So a few people use the sponsorships. Those aren't so bad. But uh, I, yeah, the, the stadiums, I think I think they're great. I really like them. But you've got to have buy-in from everyone to do it. And yes. they do add more dice rolls. And they do add more random. <clears throat> I like them. They're fun. Like everything's yeah. fun. People don't like it. <laughs> people don't like it at tournaments. And the problem is, it's the difficulty is when you draw, where you draw the line. So if you're on a game... Okay, it's fair enough. One versus me versus you. Let's have a good time. If it's me versus you, and we've got custom weather based on our custom board, we've got a custom ball, we've got a custom uh, audience, we've got sponsorships. It's it's there's a lot to keep track of, and it becomes less about playing strategically, and more just about who has the most ridiculous combination of stuff. So. Although I enjoy them in a vacuum, what I enjoy more is um, in there's, there's this Blood Bowl Citadel I've got upstairs that Matt gave me recently, and it's got uh, race specific um, <clears throat> crowds, and it's all it's so yes. minor things. Like one of them is um, what is it? The high elves charge so much for their entrance fee that your fan factor you roll a dice and on like a one, two, or three it's reduced to zero or something. You got no no fans could afford the entrance. Yeah. Little and things it's like, like that. And it's like the Wood Elves get plus one because they all watch from the trees outside the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> those little things are quite fun. Those I quite enjoy because those are minor things that happen in one turn only and then you move on. 
Or is it the Chaos one? Is like it's too scary, so no one turns up, or something like that. Yes, yeah. There's there's some pretty good ones. Yeah, I quite like stuff like that because those affect the game in a minor way without you having to keep a track of one of the six or seven things that's going on. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's my definitely. opinion on that matter. That's my opinion. Why is this is this is raging eighty? Hello. Um, why has no one ever mentioned the real reason Ooligans have disturbing presence? Surely it's to win the stunty one-turn throwing game against other stunties. Just put them on your line of scrimmage and make the throw less likely for your opponent. Well, I do appreciate that that is one way of doing it. Most, I, I assume what most people would do is just stand the big guy slightly too far away for him to make an effect. Because <laughs> if you put your, your, your hooligan in the middle, you just put your troll at the end. But what you could do is you could put him on one side... Take the if you take the kick skill, put him on one side, kick to that side. Ah, kick on a stunty team though. Yeah, I know. I, I grant you that that's a double, but that's actually quite an effective anti-one-turn. Yeah, that's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah. How interesting. Ah, mm. uh, see, not just a pretty face, Dan. Come up with schemes. We'll make a Rogan player out of you yet. I want to see kick at your next goblin tournament, please. Thank you very much. Last question from a man called Phil Truscott, or True Scott. How would you rewrite the Amazon roster to move away from the dullness of all 6337? I would write it on a piece of paper and then scrunch it up and throw it in the bin and, and think myself happy that I never have to look at Amazons ever again. The end. I think I might take it a bit further, but the, the, the problem with the Amazon roster is any changes make them more powerful. Yeah, definitely. So... Well, you could reduce the movement of well, the, of some of the blitzers and add, and stuff like that, maybe. Well, or, or alternately, uh, make the uh, blitzers say armor eight, but remove strength as a single skill. No, the is, because then I, I think a, a blitz, a more interesting blitzer might be movement five armor eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. The Amazon um, roster, I like their gimmick. is interesting from a mechanical perspective. It's interesting to see what they have done to make it a unique team within the constraints of the Blood Bowl rules. I fucking hate them, but I I enjoy the so, gimmick that they have. So they weren't unique. That's the thing because no, they the, weren't. They the the Norse team was identical. They oh, they were it? complete. I was going to say they they were originally complete mirror of the Norse team, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so they were absolutely identical. Um, so the Norse team had the same positionals. Everything was the same cost, I think. Uh, the only difference was that everyone had block, and they had the berserkers rather than the blitzers. But they yes. could have four berserkers, I think, rather than two. Sounds awesome. Uh, Ooh, that's going back a bit. Let's let's just have a look. Hang on a second. I I need to go and find the, which the white dwarf. I think it's two uh, two one yes, two two two. Yes. So they could have four blitzers, two throwers, two catchers, twelve linemen for the Norse team. Yeah. Yeah, and it. And they had jump up and frenzy, so they, it was basically the same. Yeah. So if you look at the same thing, you would have to ha you'd end up with a movement seven catcher. But the trouble with that is you've got a movement seven catcher with dodge, so you'd probably then have to reduce the strength of the piece. Um, because seven three three seven is very yeah. good with dodge. V v vaguely interestingly, so I've got LRB four up at the moment. Uh, Amazon teams, yeah, exactly the same, I believe. Yep, yeah, uh, except rerolls were forty k each for them. Oh. This is like the thirty k skeletons all over again. 
Did dwarves <laughs> get 40k rerolls at one point as well? Uh, they don't even need let's them. Let's have a look. I think they did. Dwarves had 40k rerolls at that point as well, yeah. Yeah. Dirt cheap. Revolting. Yeah, yeah pretty much. There was yeah. no need for it at all. It was horrible. <laughs> well, that's why it evolved. But there was so much claw that dwarves weren't particularly effective. Anyway, uh, I, I think I think there is space to do something with the Amazon roster. Um, maybe yeah, a slower yeah. blitzer, maybe maybe a faster <coughs> capture. You, the trouble is you can't really give them... Potentially, giving the blitzers wrestle might be more interesting, but then that's more or less a Bretonian team, isn't it? Well, I think, an, I think arguably an option might be to move them in the same way you did the Norse teams. Hmm. So, for example, so drop uh, drop them to two blitzers, but have like, you know, some form of suitable big guy. How about yeah. give them all agility access, make them all one movement faster, and remove dodge from everyone? That would be horrendous. Seven three three seven. No one has terrible. dodge. So, like high elves, they start with no skills, but they get much better skills as they go on. Yeah, they they would be terrible to begin with, I suppose, and then become yeah. amazing. Interesting. There you go. Instantly better. Fucking Amazon. They'd be interesting, at least. I think they might be shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's probably correct. Yeah. I always want. I did try and make up a team once, because um, I thought there was the niche that was missing was the fast edged three team. So a team which was speedy, low armor, but <clears throat> fast, but edged three. Uh, may I direct you to the human team? Humans yep. are hybrid, though. They're bashy. They can do everything. This is a yeah, team that cannot bash like humans, but can outrun humans. But so you stand in lineman. field a team that basically keep up with Skaven. So, I yeah. Suppose. And surely aren't Skaven the fast edge three team? Maybe. Uh, gutter runners, though. Gutter runners are filth. Yeah, well, but linemen are. I mean, like, we're talking seven. players that are like 8 3 3 7, you know. Which is a niche that I don't believe has been filled yet. Hmm. Interesting point. Just as an idea. Anyway, that's the last of the questions. Hey. Woohoo! Thank you for the questions. I think we need to do this again at some point. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been Sounds fun. Like a good plan. Yeah. Okay, so um we I have got a, a small blood blusters prepared. We could just go straight into it. What do we think? It won't take long. <coughs> How are you holding up, Matt? Yeah, it's fine. Fine. Nurgle, yeah. Nurgle is sinking those claws ever deeper. Let's Fight. do it. Let's do it. Alright, it's only flipping time for blood blasters. Woo! <laughs> and I'm running it this time. Ha ha ha! You looking forward to it, guys? Don't all speak at once. Always. <laughs> sure. Well, you're going to love this one because it's an anagram quiz. I have taken phrases in Blood Bowl and I have rearranged the letters and created new phrases. And if you get the exact phrase right, you get five points. However, if you're the closest one, then you get two points. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read you the phrase, give you a clue, and then whoever gets the closest guess... Guess the points. All right. Okay. This doesn't piece, hurt my brain at all. Piece of I, piss. I've I've literally no idea what you're on about. I'm going to give you an anagram. Tell me what the anagram is. Just try and get as close as you can. If you get the exact one, 
I'll be very amazed. Are you ready? Of course you are. The first one is blocking fudge. Blocking fudge. And the clue is women. Now, so is, this blood, is this Blood Bowl related or? Yes, it is. Okay. I've won a countdown clock or something. Just first thing that comes one. into your head. Have a guess. Go on. Blocking fudge. Any guesses? Come on. Throw them at me. No. <laughs> I got nothing. So the closest I could come up with. No, I, I, I have not. I I'll have give nothing. you this one for free then. The answer is fucking blodge. <laughs> I, I feel like that's making it a little bit. Uh, okay, fine. Carry on. This sure. is why it's you're out of the box here. You've got to just think about it. Think what is it? What, think about the clue. The next one is warped frogman wigs. Warped frogman wigs, and the clue is hairy fuckers. Oink. What is it? Something to do with Ulfrawarners? Could be, could be. Matt, you, what do you reckon? Something to do with Ulfrawarners? <laughs> <laughs> Usually you'd have to pick a slightly different answer. <laughs> well, fine, you both get a point. The actual answer is Power Gaming Dwarves. It's definitely nothing to do with Ulfrawarners. How is that even close? <laughs> well, you, it was closest. Okay, the next one is the, the, there's two options here. I'm going to give you two anagrams for the same phrase. So pick whichever one you like. You've either got earthward flounce, earthward flounce, or face down urethral. Face down urethral. I thought it was quite funny that one. Shall the clue we? is the best feeling in Blood Bowl. Earthward flounce. It's just fun to say, really. Flouncing earthward. Oink. Go for it. Fouling an elf. Matt, do you want to advance on that at all? Fouling a war dancer. Oh, Matt gets full points. Foul. Foul the war dancer is the answer. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) Um... You were very close. I almost feel bad for you, but uh, I remember how you treat me in your quizzes, Mike. So I treat you fairly. This next one, the uh, the um, anagram is Alex Sloppy Sunniness, and the clue is trademark Alex. Alex Sloppy Sunniness is your anagram. Oink, go for it. Too many players on the pitch. Um, I don't think there's an X in that, but I appreciate the uh, the direction, Matt. Uh, well, I can't find a W in it for the twelve players on the pitch. So. <laughs> I like how you're both thinking of the same sort of thing. Well, you're both way off. The actual anagram is six plus nonsense play. I was hoping one okay. of you would say six plus, and I'd be like, oh, bang on. Next <laughs> one, booze mint recipient. <laughs> That's your thing. Booze Mint Recipient. And the clue is, dead lucky. I feel like this is countdown in a conundrum. It actually feels like I should have found some nine-letter ones, shouldn't I? <laughs> Booze Mint Recipient. Clue is dead lucky. I think what you should have had is 
uh, someone else coming in on Dictionary Corner to give us a definition of each of the terms. Susie, what do you think? Well, actually, <laughs> a war dancer is a famous kind of wood elf that everyone hates. <laughs> Boink! Go for it. Raising a zombie. Matt, any p- progression on that? Uh, what, was, what was the clue again? Dead lucky. Yeah, I got nothing. Ah, uh, well, I'll give you the points, Mike. The actual answer was zombie interception. Ah, Ooh. close though. Next one is bollocking hornets. <laughs> the clue, the words are bollocking hornets. The clue is the greatest little man. Oink. Go for it. Puggy bacon breath. I like the direction. It's good. It's good, but it's wrong. Quite right. I knew it was wrong. There's no pee in there at all. (laughs) That's not the point. Puggy is the greatest. Matt, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Throwing a goblin. Oh, I'm going to... This is difficult. I'm going to give it to Mike, however. The actual answer is Snotling Hero Block. It's neck and neck. Neck and neck. (laughs) We are over halfway, just so you know. That's, That's probably for the best. Go on. The next one is the cl- the words are chinless heat wave, chinless heat wave, and the clue is glorious murder, glorious murder, and the letters are chinless heat wave, chainsaw. That's your answer, is it? Yeah, fuck it, chainsaw foul. What have you got, Mike? Chainsaw foul. Block? Oh, oh, it's close. It's so close. The actual answer is Chainsaw the Elves. Ooh. I'm actually going to give you both points for that one because you were both Ooh. very close. Next one. The words are Feather Printout. Feather Printout. And the clue is Nazgob. Okay, that's not what I was the expecting. The clue is Nazgob and it's feather printout. That is not what I was expecting it to be, so that doesn't help me. <laughs> okay. What were you expecting it to be? Well, I was assuming it was going to be Power Gamer, but it's not because there's no W in that. <laughs> Think like Amazons as well. Like Nazgob's Amazons in particular. That's what I'm thinking here. Come on, any answers? What was the clue again? Feather printout. The clue is Nazgob. Dum 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 dum. Got nothing. No. Matt, you could guess literally anything to get any points. Come on. Oh no, fine. The actual the actual answer is top tier fun hater. (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) So I wasn't that far off with Power Gamer. Um, you were close-ish. If only you'd answered it properly. The next one, there's only two left, is embolden Fonz flanges. <laughs> embolden Fonz flanges. And the clue is, it's scandalous but true. I cannot get beyond the clue. Embolden no. Fonz flanges. It's scandalous but true. Would you like anyone want to hazard a guess, or are we just going to sit in silence? It's neck and neck at the moment. 
I, I got nothing on that. <laughs> Something about flying frogs. Uh, no, the actual answer is Nasgob fondles elf men. <laughs> it's scandalous, but true. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> okay, you have one more, and this is this is for all the peanuts. Okay, the words are. <laughs> so just bearing in mind, I'm gonna say I might pronounce this wrong. Dowsing. It's like a with a with a stick, isn't it? With a stick. Dowsing? Yes, yeah. with a yeah, stick. So it. the words are. Dowsing. Cheating, dowsing, grief. Cheating, dowsing, grief. And the clue is commonly unfair. Hmm. I guess that another clue could also be gypsy curse. That would also be quite good. Yeah, but I'm currently watching Buffy, so that's not really going to help me. What, right now. <laughs> you should be doing the podcast. <laughs> We've got people in the uh, we got Dan in the support chat room throwing up answers. He's gonna he's gonna win. He's gonna beat you guys. I'm gonna go with guarding dwarfs. You're going for guarding dwarfs, Matt. I'll go for guarding dwarfs. I will trust Dan. He's <laughs> never led me astray. Matt, do you have any advance on guarding dwarfs? Cheating, dousing, grief. Cheating, dousing, grief. Hmm. It's for all the peanuts. It's all the peanuts. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you for confirming that. That massive bowl of peanuts could be yours. Uh, I don't know sidestepping guarding dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Naz, you say that, but I've played that guy in our league here in Wales. No. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> How well, many does he have? Uh, like four long beards. What? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Well, the actual answer, ladies and gentlemen, was Nightwing's Dice of Rage. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> oh, nice. Which none of you were anywhere near, so I'm going to call it no. a draw. After all that, you've both drawn. Congratulations. Hey. It was entirely pointless. <laughs> Only not pointless because we both got points. I tell you what, it, yeah, 10 points each, according to my watch. That was fun. To, it was more fun coming up with them, probably, than it was for you guys to play. But I had a lot of fun coming up with them. <laughs> That's fine. Next time, I'm in charge. Oh, God. Oh, anyway. Anyway, anyway. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, it seems like a good plan. Seems like a good plan. Seems like a good plan. Thank you very much, one and all, for listening. We've talked about Welsh Open. We've talked about questions and answers. We've talked about quizzes. Um, and that's it. <laughs> and, and Granite Bowl. Oh, yeah, and Granite Bowl. Go to Granite Bowl. It's probably going to be really good in May. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We have been the Anything But A One podcast. What could go wrong? Boom! Sweet.